egotistical, so unpredictable Here on the SNL Network Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of our patron feedback show here on the Saturday Night Network. My name is John from the Saturday Night Network. So excited to be with you today to break down everything at the end of this fall of Saturday Night Live. It's officially the end. I guess it's not really half the season, but it's like the unofficial half in our community as we greet yeah, Christmas time. W- winter finale. Yeah, the winter finale of Saturday Night Live for season 48. So I'm excited to talk about that. This is the, uh, you know, one of the last shows we're going to do in 2022. We still have one more super fan takeover coming up next Monday, but it's sort of like the end of our regular shows. And if you're not aware and you've, you're new to the show this season, maybe it's your first time checking out a patron feedback show and uh, you have some extra time to listen to some podcasts over your vacation. Welcome. Really excited to have you listening. If you don't know what our patron feedback shows are, this is the last show that we do in any week of SNL where we answer your questions. So if you wanted to ask us anything, you, we put out a form the day before on Twitter and in our Instagram stories. You send in the questions and then we answer them. We wrap up the week and then look forward to the next. And we do those with our patrons who are paid subscribers, who are our biggest supporters of what we do here at the Saturday Night Network. I would not be able to do everything that I'm doing over here without them. So I'm so appreciative of their support for the last couple of seasons as they've come on and we get more and more all the time. And we built this community. And one of the great perks of being a patron is getting to podcast with us here. So if you're interested in doing that, right after the new year, we're going to put out a form on Patreon where all you have to do is pick your date and register for when you want to appear on a patron feedback show in the spring. We're going to have a lot of fun breaking down all of the episodes for the rest of season 48 so if you ever thought about doing this uh now's the time so don't be afraid to join us and join our community we got a great discord server going with lots of people chatting in there as well and some other fun perks you get to talk to some of our snl stories guests and ask them questions it's been a really great time so appreciative of all of them tonight we're going to do something special in the spring we tested out a new show for the patron show which was with andrew haskell where him and i after season 47 co-hosted the show brought in a ton of patrons throughout the show and answered your questions and we went on for about two hours and different people called in it was really fun so i figured i got to do this again with one of the most fun guys on our network and that is tj randolph so tj is with us tonight tj how you doing John, that's the longest I've heard you talk in a long time. That was, uh, wow, you just really went for that. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I'm really, I'm feeling blessed, black, and highly favored to be here. I'm sorry to pick on you. I was like, well, did no, I say he's... good things? Like, was I, was I too long or like, was it like, did I wrap up everything? You're never too to long say? for me, John. You, you'll never be Appreciate too long, uh, for me. You know, you had like a Nicole like lent to what you were saying, but you eventually got there. Um, I'm just, I'm picking on John. Again, John, one of the nicest guys in podcasting. I don't know why I like to, to I don't know. I just like to roast everyone. Um, I'm feeling blessed, black, and highly favored. I just got off a the, um, I just got done like three hours of, of scheduling my social life for the next three months, and I'm feeling good and efficient. Uh, broke out the Excel spreadsheets, um, broke out the calendars, really getting organized, um, and uh, you know, fully prepared to be unprepared because I <laughs> unprepared for the show. <laughs> I don't know, man. (laughs) I'm feeling good. It's okay. It's fine. Well, we did get a ton of questions tonight, so we're going to answer all of the questions throughout the show and go through each of them all about the Austin Butler episode, what's coming up in January, so that'll be a lot of fun. And we'll do that with some of the patrons who call in and discuss anything that they want to talk about. But first, TJ, so this is really the last, you know, 
focused podcast on the Austin Butler episode. So I'm, you know, I haven't really heard your thoughts on this episode. How'd you feel about what we got? Um, I think Austin is, uh, I mean, he's a nice, he's a nice man. He's cool. Wait, do you want me to be polite or do you want me to like, just tell you what's I want up? to be you. Oh, goodness gracious. Is that, is this episode gets farther from me? Uh, there was a lot of weirdness in this episode. I liked, um, the Christmas sketch with the, um, the Heidi and Andrew, that thing. I, I really liked that. Like, uh, the, the family was uncomfortable by Austin. I, um, like, I liked Lizzo's performance, but this episode, like, and I almost teared up, like, at Cecily's pieces, but, like, I Are don't you know. Big Austin, Cecily guy? Like, I forget. Uh, who, I am. Who yeah, Cecily's actually, yeah. You, you know what's crazy about it? Here, here's, here's the biggest takeaway for me. Cecily for years has been my favorite all-time cast member. Um, however, fun fact, recently in these past few episodes, before she was announced she was leaving, I started to be like, all right, Cecily, like I always would say Cecily can stay as long as she wants. But just recently, these past few episodes, I said, like, I'll be honest, I'm I'm kind of ready for her to go. I need Heidi to rise like the Phoenix that she is. And literally, as I was thinking that, like the second Cecily announced it, I was like, oh my God. I'm a terrible person for wanting her to leave. And as you she, did this. I, <laughs> no, as she, as she was leaving, I um I got a little choked up. I got a little little uh, little emotional uh, during her um her like. By the way, so I don't like Kathy Ann. Kathy Ann's one of my least favorite characters of Cecily's by a long shot. Um, but I got a little like emotional with like Cecily leaving at first starting update. But then that emotion was kind of taken because all I could think was at the end of the episode, Cecily does not know this man. Like Austin Must Butler is singing to her. And he doesn't know her at all. So it's kind of weird for this random person to be here during this like incredibly ten like this incredibly tenured person during the send-off. So the episode for me, like that plus Marza plan, plus Austin was like, oh, he was really good as uh in that uh Jewish Elvis sketch. He was really good in that. He was good in the Christmas thing. He w- it was like a hit or miss episode uh for me, if I'm being honest. But honestly. You've had like nine other people give their takes. You've had Sean and Amanda and Bill and other great people give their takes. You don't need to hear what I think about this episode. What do, what well, do we get into tonight, John? Well, yeah. Well, let me just do a couple follow-ups that I think are interesting points that you said. And then, of course, we'll okay. get into everything else. So one is you said that Cecily is your person. So now she, that she was like yeah, up until like her. November. Like, like it's great. I'm not saying she was up until right now. I'm saying that like in November, I kind of was like I'll be honest, I'm a little done. Like, I'm, I like, I get it. Like, you like to sing a lot. Like, we get it. Like, you know, like a live animal sketch. And nothing Cecily does is bad. I just was like, it's the same way I felt with Kate, where it was like, we hit a point. And I just thought I would never hit that for Cecily. And I did just like a few episodes ago. Yeah. And I'll, I'll say, like, if, if your favorite was from this era of people who lasted a really long time, you're the lucky ones. So because what do you mean? a lot of people's yeah, because a lot of people's favorites, they left after five years or six years or whatever it is or seven years, maybe. And, you know, these people like Cecily was on for 11 years. So it's just it's very different. But uh, my question for you is, is like, who's your person now? Is it Heidi? Because I know you're saying like you want to see her more. But like, do you have a person on the cast that you would say is like your person, TJ? I, I love that I'm making a face like I'm thinking about it. But like, it, it's it, it has to have been Heidi. It's always been Heidi kind of in the way that no, no. Yeah, it's it's definitely Heidi. I um. Like even in Heidi's first year, I was like, "Wow, this girl like has something." Um, sorry, this this woman has something. So I mean, like I know, like I don't know. I heard a discussion recently. I think it was on this podcast where someone said that like Heidi's more of a character rather than the star. Which first I of all, it was on this podcast. 
Huh? I hope it was on this podcast. Um, I think it was on this podcast. <laughs> okay, which like, it, it might have been a conversation I had with a friend. I don't remember. <laughs> okay. Um, which first of all, rude. Um, it might have been Amanda actually that said that. Um, I don't know, but like, it, it's definitely for me. It's Heidi. Um, that great like ability to be utility, and I think she has the ability to be star. Like, I don't know. I just think she's great. So I guess okay. it is Heidi. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I have a person. I'd say the closest I have to a person is probably Andrew Dismukes. Like, I think just because. What? Yeah, I think I think if I had to pick like a person, because the, the thing is, he's like, he uh, like you've heard me talk enough this week about Sarah Sherman and how amazing I think she is, and yes, I, I think there's a lot of really great cast members, but there's nobody like I'm just saying like from a personal level, there's nobody like hits my funny bone the way that Andrew Dismukes does. And, this means you're a forte guy, though. Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying though. But like, yeah. and, and like. I think like I think until like it probably Beck was that guy for me for a while. And then even though they're not exactly the same archetype, but like Beck was that guy, he really hit my funny bone. And now it's probably Andrew Dismuke. So like it's an interesting question I like to ask because we're so like trying to be as like objective and and media driven and like analytical as possible in this podcast like every now and then it's like fun to ask the panelists okay like who's your person like if you had to like you know fall into the standom of somebody and i'm i'm, I'm fascinated that yours is heidi because uh yeah I, I see that i think it's like a great transition point to jump off from cecily to heidi even if it was a month ago and not now well i i i think they are both different people like they're both first of all incredibly funny women um, but like a Cecily Strong is not a Heidi Gardner, and I don't think a Heidi Gardner is a Cecily Strong. I mean, yes, of course, they're powerful character actresses, absolutely. Um, also, I don't know, can Heidi sing? I don't know, like, I don't know, I don't know, yeah. I'll have to ask Justin, yeah. Uh, but like, no, I, I think they are different people, and I want to give them, of course, that same respect. Uh, I don't know, I just okay. Well, let me ask you one other question before we get our first question coming in in a few minutes. So you mentioned also that you think, and you weren't the only one on the podcast that had this take this week, by the way, you mentioned that you thought it was weird that it was Austin Butler who was sort of yes. like Cecily. Yes. So I think there's a <laughs> lot of people out there who felt that way, but because they love Cecily so much, and this might be like what she wanted for her goodbye, they like don't necessarily want to say it. But like, I love that you're owning that because this was like, it was kind of weird because this is supposed to be one of the most like sentimental moments in the history of the show. Yeah. And I know we've had a lot of them, but like, think about it. It's probably, there's not as many goodbye sketches as we think that there are. Like, uh, I agree. Yeah. Like I think if, if conventional wisdom would be like, Oh, everybody must've gotten one, but like, like it really doesn't start until like Phil and then like maybe yeah, like I guess if you want to count like Sandler and Farley jumping into a polar bear cage, like that's probably one. Then like Will Ferrell gets one, Jimmy Fallon gets one, um, you know, and then like it really is more like a modern era type of thing that people get these goodbyes. And then, of course, like Kristen's like the classic one that most people are comparing this to. But like it seems to me in the discourse of this week that the lore of Mick Jagger being such a huge star uh, has made people not question what he did for Kristen's goodbye, but the Austin Butler being like a little bit random made the Cecily one weird. I feel like I watched the Kristen goodbye live, but I didn't have the, but I'm pretty sure I'd only watched Kristen for like one or two years at that point. I didn't have the full breadth of, I think, I think I got Kristen at her greatest. I never saw the journey 
Um, and so I don't necessarily know if when I saw Mick Jagger do it, if he was even kind of like, and to be honest, I think it was like 19. I, I, it had been like in my late teens. I'm pretty sure like I didn't even pay well, attention. It was to 10 him. years ago. Okay. Yeah. I'm pretty sure like I didn't notice him as much in it, but to be honest, I'd have to watch that again. Cause it's been years since I've seen it, but because I'd been with Cecily, her entire journey, like the, the I've every episode I've watched and I've like seen Cecily in maybe that hit it harder. And maybe also, here's also the thing though. You can't, you can't compare Austin Butler and Mick Jagger. Mick Jagger has had a tenured career for decades. Austin Butler, I didn't know this nigga until like literally two weeks ago. Like, yeah, it's Cecily. Exactly. So, like, what is that phrase that um, Damien from Mean Girl says, where he doesn't even go here? Like, like Mick Jagger had at least been there before. That was his second time hosting, right? Um, Mick Jagger, uh, second time. Mick hosting? Jagger was his second time hosting. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, th- I think that's the difference. Is I don't know. I have respect for Mick Jagger, even though I don't listen to his music. But Mick Jagger, I know, is a star because uh, what are the Rolling Stones or whatever? Is that the band he's in? Um, yes. Yeah. Oh, uh, so what? TJ doesn't know rock music. Who cares? Um, but uh, but whereas for Austin Butler, he's just a brother that starred in a movie that's trying to get an Oscar. I I have no like I, maybe that's the reason it didn't. I didn't even think about it because the Rolling Stones are like a classic, and Austin Butler is just an actor. Um, so. Yeah, well, let me ask you something. Would it have been more satisfying to you if Cecily had said goodbye in the spring and had just like one moment on the show? Or as a viewer, it was more satisfying to you to have her say goodbye now? Um, I think I would have rather her had her a moment in the spring, if I'm being honest. Cause Why? It was also a little bit weird for her to come back to the show and like still miss a few episodes and then leave. And, you know, if you add in one more goodbye in that episode from the end of the season, you get like, in my mind, that's just another theme of that episode. Like it just fits right in with it. Um, now, granted, it would have been weird since she did, you know, that Janine Pirro thing like a year beforehand. Um, but I just, I think it would have just fit well within the theme. Now, here's the thing: I have no idea where she would have fit it. Like, because wasn't there like a Pete Davidson thing that got cut or something? I think from that episode, it was it was a really packed episode. Um, uh, Pete was on. I think it was the joke swap that got cut. Oh no, sorry. No, you are totally right. There was a Pete Davidson pre-tape with Lauren in it that got cut. Yes, yes, that's what I'm thinking. And of. by the way, TJ, let, let's bring in our first patron tonight, and then sure. he can also contribute to this conversation. So let me bring up Fred to join us, our first patron tonight. Fred, how are you? Good, good. How's everyone? Hey, what's going on, doing? Fred? TJ, howdy. Finally meet you. Um, oh yeah, sure. You're hilarious on this podcast. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> happy uh, early festivus to everyone for all those. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, happy, happy to have you on, Fred. So, Fred, we're just chatting about you know the way that they handled Cecily's goodbye. Do you want to give your two cents on it? Like, did you enjoy it? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think that it was handled great. Like, I think you touched upon it earlier that it was nice that it was basically two parts. It was its own episode, and then there was clearly a few parts that were dedicated to Cecily, so it wasn't all Cecily. Um, I think what you guys were discussing just now was, you know, should she have been sent off at the end of last season? And I I believe it was Haskell who made a good point that maybe this was intentional. Maybe she wanted to hit the 900 number. Um, I think it was good that it wasn't too packed. Then then she kind of would have been lost in the shuffle, and, and clearly she's, you know, one of a kind. 
She's one yeah. of a kind. She's star. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, the big question for me is like uh, that I want to find out down the road is at what point did Cecily tell everybody she was only coming back for the fall? Like, did everyone know this from the beginning of the season? And if that's the case, like, were there certain things they wanted to do with her this fall? Or was it just like, hey, write me into whatever you need. I'm available to you for six episodes. Because I guess like, I would think that if everyone knew Cecily was leaving, not, I don't know, I don't mean the public. I mean, people at the show, like everybody knew that for six episodes, um, she was, well, I guess you can't really count Chappelle. So let's say five episodes that she was really there. I would think they probably would have hit some of her recurring sketches that they would want to get back and not just do science room and Kathy Ann. And I guess Tammy, the trucker, we can call it recurring as well. I would think they'd want to hit some old characters as well as as sort of like the long send off for Cecily, but perhaps that's not what she wanted. So, Curious your thoughts on that, Fred. I do. I did get the sense, like looking back, and even while it was happening, that actually Cecily was pretty prominent in all these episodes, right? Um, yeah. Like, and the numbers, the numbers show that. So, I have a feeling that she let everyone know during that little stretch when she was um, not um, not in the episodes, and then when she was coming back, kind of respectfully, they didn't want to overdo it, but still want to make sure that she was a prominent force in the, the remaining six episodes that she was going to do. I think if they brought back every single character, especially, I think that would have been maybe too heavy handed um, and also maybe too obvious and also not fair to the entire cast. So I, I thought, I thought they sent her off in a really great way. I think there was a lot of Cecily um, and she basically got half of an episode to herself. Yeah. You've yeah, really got sure. a chance to shine a lot, like, and play a lot and just in, like, five episodes. Yeah. Like, to the point where it was like, man, am I going to lose this draft? Uh, <laughs> like, so <laughs> like I'm thinking about. Yeah, and, like, all that, Ces- and, like, all the Cecily fatigue we've been talking about, um, that would have been even more exacerbated, right? If they had, like, really been, like, brought back every single character. Um, you know, I think it was just the right amount. And then, you know, now she had her moment. For sure. Let's, uh, Fred, if you're cool with it, let's take a couple questions from our yeah. sheet today and then we'll throw them at you and to TJ. So the first one comes in from our friend Izzy Schreiber. Thanks, Izzy, for sending this in. Always seeing you post our stuff on your Instagram page. So appreciate that. Uh, Izzy sends in and wants to know what was your favorite sketch of the episode? So, Fred, did you have a favorite sketch from this past week? And my f- favorite pre pre-ta- tape was easily, right? Like the Christmas one. Well, uh, it's it's a wonderful life one like that. That was incredible. That was fabulous. Um, as far as sketches go, I'm trying to not let like sentimentality get into it with you know Cecily saying goodbye or like um, like the singing. I, I feel like I was like one of the few people that actually appreciated the white elephant sketch, um, just because it's something like relatable we've all been there i would have handled it a bit differently i wouldn't have ended it with like santa claus on like the roof i would have that was so weird yeah (laughs) such a weird tag and just like it wasn't because what i liked about the sketch was actually everything but that like what i liked about it was that like we've all been there it's people in the room like i kind of like kind of the the simpler sketches i would have liked to have seen more escalation i thought that actually austin had gifted like brought those gifts for himself like i thought that was going to be the angle they go for that like he brought like multiple was it like ashtrays and mm. I, I just don't know like what i wish it ended better but i i like that 
sketch as far as live sketches go, but I mean, without without question, I think the It's a Wonderful Life pre-tape was my favorite. Yeah, TJ, you feel the same way? Um, I mean, yeah, I was going to say the, like, I, my note I'd made was the, uh, I mean, that pre-tape with, like, Dismuse and, like, Heidi is the one that sticks out as the shiner. The one, That's one of the ones that lives on and, like, all right, let's look this up on YouTube. Like, let that's one of the ones I want to go back to. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was funny because I showed that not that my dad is the uh, like arbiter of what's good or not, but I show that pre tape <laughs> to my dad, and he he was like he was like, John has, like yeah he I was like the like, name John like, having oh sorry go ahead no yeah he's just like he sort of like was not getting it and I was like really like I was like is it is it because like like I I have to wonder I'm sure that must have played well across the board but just from my personal experience I have to wonder if it's like it was so different than what we normally get on the show that potentially it was so refreshing and that also made it so good for and for people who like don't watch the show regularly maybe it just like didn't stand out but like am i am i crazy what are you talking about so refreshing this it's it's exactly in line with what they do i mean it may not be like beat for beat but it it's you know it's crazy it's uh it's something that if kyle was on the show you would expect kyle to have been in that like dismukes part but like 100%. the crazy thing is dismukes we've seen you know be not a cuck all the time um so like i mean honestly this just would have been a heidi and kyle sketch like it uh, uh, what do you mean of course uh, I-, I don't know I, I like i actually completely disagree with that take i don't think okay okay go it. ahead fire what, what's uh yeah. who would have been let, let me get my opposite take for? and then fred will fred will pick who wins this one so okay. i completely disagree because i think that first of all the kyle mooney wouldn't do this in pre-tapes kyle like plays a much different character and all of he literally has a series of pre-tapes where he plays a cuck Yes, but not this kind of cock. Like, there's a difference. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, I'm saying, like, like Kyle would play like a weak man, but like mm. this kind of cock was like, like a man who's like had a successful family and like a wife and kids and stuff. And then it's like there's like a much, there's a big difference when you are like, okay, like like I I feel the um the like false bravado that Andrew Dismukes is able to put on is something that like Kyle Mooney, it, I don't, I don't think they're like exactly the same type of person. And okay. I think that perhaps this is the type of thing that if we were going to attribute to Kyle, it would be more in a live sketch, but like, n- and not in a pre-tape. I feel like you, this is a, yeah, like this you, is more in the line of like what we saw with Sudeikis and Ego last year in like the <laughs> t- parent teacher conference than it is good. in any Kyle pre-tape in my opinion fred what do you think yeah tj i'm sorry i'm gonna have to back out i agree with john absolutely. no 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 I, john convinced me like i yeah. i agree with what john said this sorry, would go have, ahead, fred this would have been a back like beck would have played that two years ago i just right? was thinking and, that so like be, like because it's it's like this false confidence whereas i feel like um kyle's person was always like was always defeated like they, they would, like there, there's no yeah. like, there's no fall from grace. But like yeah, I, yeah. Like, Beck, like Beck is like yeah has like this like false goofy confidence and like a lot of the sketches like that Lexus sketch or whatever uh, great sketch. So and like yeah like you're like John's right with that like the Smukes is also like now kind of that person. Um, I'd also like, go ahead. I'd also like to offer up in addition to Beck. I, I think this also would have been a uh, a Mikey part potentially as well because I think. Um, Mikey and Heidi play uh, Heidi's really great at playing like a disgruntled wife against someone like, you know, uh, when she was like Steve Carell in that RV life sketch or uh, against like whenever her and Mikey play a couple, 
I think I think they have really funny underrated under like uh play. They have uh, like a they did on update. They did like an Instagram couple um a couple of times. Nico Slobkin and something whatever. They play like an Instagram oh, couple yeah, on yeah, update. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and I think that the they play and there's also like a Macy's pre-tape or something or like Heidi and Mikey play a husband and wife that like fighting. I feel like they also have like could have like done that role well because of their chemistry. Um, like we saw with the all pant thing, all pant thing. But I think I think Beck is would have been my first go to for this as well. You want to hear another take on this sketch that I haven't said all week that I've been thinking about a lot because uh, I think my take on Monday was that I walked away thinking about how good Heidi was in the sketch. Like she really made the whole pre tape for me, and I was trying to think of like who she reminded me of in this pre tape. I'm gonna throw out her name. She reminded me of Anna Gastire in this pre tape. Okay, make yeah, your case. I, yeah, because I, I was trying to think of like who the stoic woman at the table is who's able to like mouth despair over to <laughs> the p- other people at the table. And Anna's the first name that came to mind. Like I just picture Anna sitting there with Will Ferrell and sitting there with the kids and, and like, you know, a very like young Amy Poehler type of thing. And like having that yeah. like role, I could totally see like Anna Gassar being in the Heidi role. And I can't see... Um, anybody from the last 15 years playing that as well since Anna. So that's what I was trying to think. Like that guy was so impressed with, um, with Heidi in this one. And usually a lot of times when I see Heidi in these roles, I'm like, okay, I do think to myself, I'm like, what would Cecily do in this? What would Kate do in this? What would, um, before that, you know, Kristen or, or Amy or Tina, but no, it's, I would go back even further to see, find someone as good to be able to pull off that part. I have a uh, Fred. This might be a good question for y- you or other patrons or other listeners, but like, I'm somebody who's enjoying watching Anna Gasteyer and um her that new show American Auto that she's in. I think it's really good. Um, and I realized I don't think I have seen enough of her time on SNL. So if uh, anyone ever wants to like shoot me a message with like a couple of sketches that you might be great to watch that like she's Anna so was good. in, um, like I would definitely take a couple of recommendations. Um, like I because I really like that show which good God, I hope it comes back. Um, but like, I, yeah, I, I, I'd like to see more of her to kind of like get that reference a lot better. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. She's no, she's great. And like, I think John made a good point there. Like she's definitely like, she doesn't overdo it. So like mm-hmm. she would, she would do like what Heidi did, like kind of speak through her teeth and like kind of like to the <laughs> side and not overdo it. Like somebody else. I mean, like if it was Sarah Sherman, right. It would have been like off the wall. And then like that, like the subtlety would be lost. Right. Um, and, the, the, and then like the satire, would also be lost there a little yeah. bit. Yeah. yeah. And I would say this may be my favorite thing that Heidi has done since she did the um the Michael Jordan's bodyguard. Oh, that's in, a great one. Yeah, back yeah. in the Keegan Michael Key episode. I think like I'm not to say like she hasn't put in good work in the last year and a half, but I'm just saying like it might be my favorite since then where I'm like really standing out as like a Heidi piece that just blew me away. Oh, you didn't like hip hop nativity? I know that's really in your favorite <laughs> sketches. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> I know you love hip hop nativity, or, uh, you know, you don't want to do a crip walk, a crip walk. You don't want to yeah, do yeah, a I, little. I'm not, I'm not jumping into the season 47 soundboard right now. But, <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Um, you guys want to, let's, let's take one more question while we still got yeah, Fred here. Okay, this question comes from our friend Ike. Ike wants to know in an alternative timeline, how do you think Cecily would have done as an anchor on update? Given that everything that's happened in politics and the Me Too movement, do you think she would have made a lot of noise as a female voice? So, Fred, what do you think about that? 
I think 100%. It's you can just tell that first of all, like she's she cares about politics, she's opinionated, um, and she's articulate. I don't think I think she would have been like the right kind of like right amount of like satire plus funny plus animated. I think she would have done a really great job. Obviously, then we would have lost like all the great sketches she's been in, but I think if anybody could have done it without overdoing it. Um, like during her reign, it would, I think Cecily would have been, would have been like the, the best female cast member for it. So I think Kate, Kate would have been too much. Edie would have been too much. Like, yeah. Well, I don't really think of like Kate and Edie for update though. All right, I have a couple of thoughts coming to mind. Run with me here, gentlemen. And I'm going to try to talk through this thought a little bit. So Cecily, by the way, fun fact, is my favorite weekend update anchor. Um, I know she's only did it for a year, but I really like her takes and uh, I would have... Love to have seen her do it for a little bit longer. Um, this is an insane take, I but I love it. Yeah, <laughs> that's an insane take. I don't. I'm sorry. I don't worship at the altar of Norm Macdonald. Um, like I actually like to laugh. Uh, and uh, yeah, I said what I just said, and I stand by it a hundred and ten percent. Wow. Um, but like, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, Norm is like below mid. It's like he's I. Okay, I mean, we're not having a Norm. Is, yeah. Uh, debate. Okay, okay, All right, yeah. Fine, yeah. With the genie from Fairly Operates. Um <laughs> Sorry, I just I don't get it. I don't see it, but it's fine. Okay, sorry. Cecily is my favorite weekend up. By the way, I did not say she's the best. I said she's my favorite. Like I just I really enjoyed her time on update a lot. I had a lot of fun with it, and so I would have loved to see more time. Here's the problem, gentlemen. We have the knowledge of of the past. We we know what like Heidi. I mean, sorry, we know what Cecily would have done. You know, had she not been the weekend update anchor, we would not have gotten Goober the Clown. We would not have gotten was a uh, Tammy the Trucker. You know, and Goober the Clown, I felt like was a really strong uh, piece. I wonder if we didn't get those characters, we then would have just had to get gotten Cecily's lens through uh, update jokes. And I wonder if at a certain point, if it would be sort of like when SNL hits political sketches, would Cecily have hit the notes? too much now granted getting cecily's strong style jokes like on the me too movement would have been incredible she would have had fascinating takes probably but like i wonder if at some point she would have hit that same note too much and if people would have gotten tired of it the thing is we had the benefit of never having had happened but like cecily would have been able to like hone in on it really well and get i think having a female perspective by the way for the past 8 years on update would have been incredible yeah. um i don't get me wrong i loved having a black perspective with che but like having cecily's perspective also i think would have been something really good as well it, because it kind of makes me think like they're not the same thing cuz tina fey is a stronger person at this but it made me kind of think like you know it would have been the same thing of like, what if we had tina fey on the update desk during that time too you know would we have thought like, would people have gotten tired of, like, it's like when they do Trump at a certain number of years, like, would we have gotten tired of, like, all right, let's see some kind of other things. And while I agree with Cecily and I kind of, you know, actually am with her on a lot of her, like, perspectives and point of views, I do wonder if at some point, I wonder if it would have, like, been as strong for a long period of time. I don't, so, well, no, no pun intended. Um, but, uh I would have, I know she would have made a lot of noise, but to be honest, I think she made better noise as character pieces because she could change things up versus doing 
if she would have done like 10 years at the update desk, sorry, nine years at the update desk in a suit, at a certain well, point, it just becomes like a Seth Meyers or a Jimmy Fallon joke. You can go in one ear, out the other. No one's really going to think about it. But doing a character piece, kind of kind of like shatter through each time she does something different. So I think she made better impact doing characters. Let me throw something out because this is uh, bleep bloop in the chat got to this before me, but I was going to say this. Would Cecily have worked better with Che? Because I don't think the Colin and Cecily pairing worked for me. And I think like we saw in some of the interactions between her as a correspondent and then with Che, like if that was the last eight years was Cecily and Che, how does that play? I don't, I don't think so. I, I, and I wanted to so bad because like, I love the female perspective. I love the black perspective. Those are two perspectives. I take a lot of time listening to. And I know Cecily and Che get along and I do love their like interplay, but I just, I'm wondering if at some point, like would Che tell the same jokes with Cecily sitting right next to him? Cause Che's, Che's got a little bold lately, the season. He's got a little bold with some of his jokes. You know, like it might help shade temper down a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Ooh, that's ooh, that's a good question. Fred, what, what do you think? think? Yeah, I wouldn't have. I don't know if I would love that pairing as much as Jost and Shay. I think the fact that there's more of a contrast is kind of half the charm. And I do think that maybe Che would have been less Che or less edgy with Cecily. Um, and then, and also he would maybe stand out a bit less. Um, so I think like them being, you know, presumably two very different people. Um, really helps on the desk. I would have been okay seeing Cecily and Joe get another year to work it out. Cause apparently, by the way, I didn't know this, but I didn't know people didn't like Colin when they first, when he first was on. Oh yeah. I was, maybe this is because I was 21 and I was more, I wasn't even casual. I watched every episode, but I just, I didn't know that either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't know that. So like, you know, we got to see Colin grow into the role and his hair, you know, as Colin got stronger, his hair got bigger. You know, so like, let's give him a chance to grow some. <laughs> I don't know. Like, there's something. There was something like really like cute and and I don't mean cute in terms of like to demean Cecily because she's a grown ass woman. There was something like charmingly cute in terms of like playful in the way that like Cecily would play a little bit at the update desk. That like I would have loved to have seen her do like for like just what would that have been like to focus more? But that's just not what she wanted to do, and that's okay. You know? Yeah, it's an interesting question. Fred, uh, I just want to give you any last thoughts you wanted to say about the fall of SNL, anything you noticed, and what are you excited about coming into next year? So I'm really enjoying this season. Um, I don't know how much of that is like now that I'm a patron, I'm like watching it in more detail and like I'm part of like the conversation or what have you. But I think like looking over like these nine episodes versus last year's nine episodes, especially like this like latter half, it's it's been pretty stacked, I think. Um and I really like what they're doing with the new cast. I feel like, you know, it's obviously there's going to be a bit of a transitionary period. Um, but I really like that they're front and center and like they seem like more like a part of like a true team, like a little less just less disjointed than um, last year. And to me, that actually like like ups the like my enjoyment. Like I feel like everyone's having fun. I feel like everyone's involved. Um, and. Yeah, like I, I'm, I'm curious to see what's in store. Like I know, like last year we complained a, complained a bit about things being a bit bloated, and now like I, I'm, I'm shocked how much I miss certain cast members. Um, maybe like, it was, oh. oh man, like eighty, I miss eighty so much more than I like imagined. Um, mm. For example, uh, and or like Chris Red, 
Like, I mean, and, and oh my Dave, God, I, yeah. never, I never, I never thought I'd miss Pete Davidson this much, but like, like Red and Davidson's like videos and like their music is, you know, it's just like, it's, it's clearly like those two are special and like, well, like, you know, like big boys, I know TJ, you love that, but like, I'm you're that damn, was great. You're damn right. You're big damn boys, right. Big, big boys was great. But otherwise, like, you know, by now I think if, if Red was around, we would have had like four big boys or something, you know, like of that caliber. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. So like, yeah, like red, like eight, like 80. Um, so it, it was a lot more change than I guess like we all anticipated. So it does feel like a new season, but like, I'm pretty okay with that. Um, and I think like these last string of episodes have been like very exciting. So we'll awesome. see. All right, Brad. Well, thank you for joining us tonight. So I appreciate you. I appreciate you coming on in and hanging out with us. And I want to yeah. wish you a very happy holidays. Happy new year. And I'm excited to talk to you thank more you. about Saturday live in 2023. Thank you. You too. Yeah. Bye, great job, Fred. All right, TJ, you ready to bring in our next patron? Mrs. Pete Davidson. That's a wild take, son. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, brother, let's do it. This is fun. This is fun. Yeah, that guy was nice. He was delightful. He's the best. Love Fred, and I uh, love this next guy too. So we're gonna bring up Eric, who's here with us today. Eric, you got us. Hey guys, you hear me? Yes, yeah, we can hear yes. you. How you doing, Eric? Coming in. Awesome. I'm great. I'm great. I just uh, threw on the uh, Christmas episode of this season for my parents to watch in the other room. So hopefully, you know, by the time this is done, they're gonna be in tears. If not, I'm gonna have to, you know. <laughs> Go find another place to stay. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so so you mean the you mean the SNL Christmas special, like the one that they no, 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 no. I I mean the I mean the Austin Butler episode. Oh, okay. Mm. Okay. Yeah. How big yeah. of fans are your parents of SNL? Um. So my dad watched it when it was on when it started. Um. So like his cast is the original cast. Um. Wow. Yeah. Um. He did not watch much. Um. You know during. Uh, the the non Lorne years, and he didn't. I, I learned yesterday he didn't really watch much in the late '80s and early '90s because that was like when he was first starting work, and he didn't have time for SNL, which is sure. I guess he, you know, it's it's harder to watch it too. You have to, you had to have been live pretty much to watch it back then. So, um, but uh, they watched a lot during our golden years, uh, you know, the the mid 2000s. So, uh, and then mom groans every time she watches it so uh <laughs> yeah but jewish elvis uh at least the um what's the uh, the z- z- disaster that that got her when austin butler rips his shirt off and you see the catchphrase on the on the t-shirt and you see the um you, you really see that he's in drag that got her for some reason so drag based humor i guess is the is the line for her you got to show a RuPaul's Drag Race. It's a great drag. Yeah, race. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad to hear that. Eric. That's, that's really fun. Yeah. I love it when families like all get into SNL together. That's uh, that's cool for me. Yeah. So uh, I'm excited to hear that. Eric, are you okay to answer a couple questions that we got this week from our patrons? Sure, go ahead. All right, let's head over to this next one. This one comes in from Victor, who wants to know. Do you think we'll have anyone to fill in Cecily's spot on the show? Happy holidays, everyone. So happy holidays to you, Victor. So I think what he's asking here is like, is there a potential for another additional cast member to be hired to fill Cecily's spot here? And I know we don't know the answer, but like, is that something we want? Do we want another new cast member or do we want to ride with these 16 Mm -hmm. moving forward? Eric, what do you think? 
Um, I don't want a new cast member right now. I think if we ride the rest of the year out and we see how the rookies do, and then, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure next season they'll, they'll hire a new crop. Um, but, but right now I don't think we need one. Like, you know, we've seen these last few episodes that, um, since Cecily returned, Heidi took a little bit of a dip. Chloe took a little bit of a dip. Ego, um, and, and I think that like each one of them individually can do things that Cecily and Aggregate could do. Um, so I I want to see how how they really really fill into um, what we're missing from Cecily, or 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 you know bring their own thing and and maybe we don't need everything that Cecily had. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think we really need anyone else right now to fill our spot. TJ, what do you think? They better not bring <laughs> another random ass person up in that house. All right. No, finish the season. No. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's uh this I can't I'm not gonna get this right. But it's like when you have like a little kid that's like uh you have a mom like sorry, you have like a parent and like a kid like shopping in a store and the the kid is like, oh my god, like mom, can we get like can we get new cast member? And the mom's like, We got cast members at home. Um, <laughs> like we have cast members at home. We do not need another one. All right. We have fantastic cast members. Cast members, I haven't even seen what they could do yet. I don't even know what Devin Walker could do besides do stand-up. You know? Um, I you could do you a, know, a get... mean Cal Mitchell. That is true. true. I mean, I, oh, I do love Good Burger. Oh, maybe I should watch that later. Okay, that's besides the point. Um, <laughs> Good Burger 2 is coming out, so who knows? No, but we got cast members at home. What is at Haskell? No, or what does uh, Haynes always say? SNL has a cast or whatever. Um, but, like, I... I need to see these people perform and I need to see people have more than like, I don't know, five, six moments a season or something. You know, I, I'm so glad that we got away from the Kate front loaded like episodes and like, yes, Keenan takes up a lot of space, but Keenan takes up just the right amount of space. I, yeah, I I was never say, does he though? I don't know if he does because, like, I I think that there's not like, and Eric is a huge stats guy, obviously. So you know, you can probably answer this question as well. Like, now that we've taken the Cecily piece out of the mix, is there anybody on the cast that you can say has a dominant spot in every single show where it's like, okay, this is the person's sketch? So like in the past, we would have like the Caden eighty section, and then maybe a Cecily you know singing section, then a Pete rap. Like now we sort of don't know what we're going to get from everybody, right? Well, I think I think there might be maybe not every episode, but it seems like they're on the trend of doing a Sarah segment uh, most episodes these days. And that I support. I mean, like Sarah uh, earlier, they were, you know, earlier the season, we were saying Andrew, um, not lately, but, you know, maybe now there's some room that might be true. Um, yeah. yeah uh, uh, I mean. I could see like Chloe having her little pre-tape segment. Um, but other than that, yeah, there's not really like a, a cast member that will have their, you know, seven minute dominating segment like like Kate and AD could do. Oh, no, you. Ha- uh, I guess one other thing, you have J&J doing cold open. Yeah. 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 Okay, that's, that's, that's true. Yeah. Well, that's a for sure. Yeah. yeah I say that. The, the thing about J&J is like it always – it always seems like he's like servicing the show. He's not like servicing himself for like, you know, <laughs> in, indulging as much as like, all right, I'm here to do what you guys need me to do. You need me to do Trump. I'll do Trump. Biden. I'll do Biden. 
train conductor, I'll do the train conductor and I'll kill it, game show host, et cetera. Like, it just seems like he, he's not doing it for himself. So it's like, it's harder to see it as like his thing for me, at least. Right. Okay, You're saying like JJ doesn't have like a character that he's like bringing to the mix. That's like, this is a JJ sketch around a character. It's really all about the impressions that he's putting forward and like the basic uh, like host roles that guide the sketch. Yeah, I, I guess I'm saying that. That sounds meaner than how I said it, though, for some reason. I, I don't know why. <laughs> wow, John, you're just tearing, tearing <laughs> yeah. J.H.J. down. Um, <laughs> no, but it, it does beg the question, then, Does is J.H.J., though, which I, I think the answer is yes to this, but, like, is he carving out his own space? Kate, 80, Cecily, Pete, Chris, I'll even say Melissa Villasenor, um, carved out, or at least oh, Kyle Mooney, at least sh- showed what they can do. And yes, JJ has shown us what he can do. He's an impressionist. But is he like, does, do we have a JAJ sketch character pre tape? Like, I know he was on update, but like, he was on update once. But like, the, you know, the craziest thing, the thing I keep thinking about JJ the most is something he hasn't even done on the show. It was in his audition where he uh, did this character called like, you uh, played like the racist bone in like someone's body. I still don't have an originality to attach to JJ. I came in, I came in really hard on JJ when he came in, but I have like definitely softened as I've seen his utility. Yes, John, I see the smirk on your face. I know what I said and I own it. I own up to it, but he, I've like softened on him much more, but like, I still, I have higher expectations from him because I know he can shine and I know he can be a star, but, and I know he has original takes. Because I think he's also a stand-up, right? Yeah. yeah. I saw him, actually, in Montreal. Yeah. So I, I want to see... I don't know what his point of view is. I feel like we saw that for all those other cast members that I listed, I've seen their point of view, or at least some form of, like, a point of view that they carved out, even Melissa Villasenor, which you know how hard that was to do. So I know this... Sorry. I, I, I'm sorry to deter you guys. I know this wasn't a JJ conversation, but it was just a, a thought that kind of sticking with me. We go where the convo takes us. But yeah, let me just say one more thing about JJ, which is interesting while we're talking about it, is like I saw him right before season 48, probably like middle of September, he came here to do a stand-up show. And he was so dynamic when he was on stage. I think he's, if, if I, I think he's probably like a little bit shyer than maybe most people know. But like when he was on stage, he was like really energetic, dynamic, had like amazing personality and just like, um, and just like the set was fantastic. And I just like, I do wish we could see more of that on the show. And I think we will over time. Like he's only in his second year, so he doesn't necessarily have like the space to do it. But I do think like if any younger players, like any second, third or first year players, like had an opportunity on the show in modern times, it's probably like right now. Can I say something that might be outlandish? Of course. So watching, Yeah, great. Good. So watching him do the, um, the game show host. I don't know why, but I got this like Hartman vibe from him. Like he, if he like could really bring it and I believe like, you know, deep in his soul, he could, it's just a matter of if the show will let him, like he could be a Hartman. Like I know, I know he's an impressionist and you know, Hartman did good impressions too, but like, I don't know. I just think he's, I've never been higher on him than in this moment, which is, which is odd. But for some reason, the game show host role like drew me in. He definitely has Hartman qualities to him. I don't know if he's 
I don't know if he has um, all the makings of a Hartman. And I think probably the main thing, the main ingredient that I think is missing from that is probably his ability to like play uh, like alpha, I think is Mm. one of the things that we were discussing, you know, where, where Phil had that Phil could play like extremely aggressive dad that I don't know that JJ has at this point in his life or has shown us at least on the show at this point, Uh, perhaps as he gets older, like he develops into that. But I think like a lot of the comparisons I saw James in the chat brought this up. Like we were talking to me a season of like, does he go in the Daryl Hammond route or does he go in the Dana Carvey route? And it's, that's like sort of the paths that I'm following here. I think Phil Hartman is like a perfect balance to me. He's like as close to a perfect cast member because he basically has all the qualities of like what you would make up in what you would describe, like being a good character or a good uh, castmate on the show. I just don't know that JJ has shown me that yet, but I, I, I see what you're saying about that particular sketch. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good point. I, he, he does. He does lack that. Yeah, he does lack that alpha quality. Uh, I mean, or maybe he maybe he doesn't. Alpha. He hasn't shown his alpha quality. Yeah. Because if you're yeah. gonna play a guy like, um, I think he has a Michael Rapaport um, impression, right? I think so. Yeah. In his in his tool belt, and Michael Rapaport is that's a that's a whole it's a whole lot of masculinity uh, <laughs> to do a Michael Rapaport uh, impression. Um, so maybe he just hasn't gotten a chance to really show it because John, I think one fault, and correct me on this, please. But I think sometimes you go back to thinking about J.A.J. in that Property Brothers sketch awesome. where he played kind of that. Co- it was a great sketch. And I know you love that one, too. But and it was it was a cool showcase to like that he could do that role. And I know you really liked him in that piece. But we I don't I don't, I don't think I think you have unintentionally put that in the the sphere of like of all of like what he is. And I think with that sphere is still being built. I know listener that this analogy makes no sense. I'm sorry. I'm just talking through it. Um, okay, but well, like, can, can I just say, yeah. TJ, let, let me just interrupt mm-hmm. you for a second, because I think this is a good point to go back to this, which is um, obviously the, in the game show sketches week, there was this element that Eric is referring to of like being a really good host. But I think that Phil Hartman, it, I'm going to play one line, which is this. Write a book where he's like questioning <laughs> basically what the people are saying. And I pulled that line specifically, I remember, because I was thinking, I was like, oh, that was really funny the way he said that during the sketch. But I think the difference between a Phil Hartman type in that role versus JJ is like, Phil would be like angry at the contestants. Mm. And like, I just, I haven't seen like pure, like yelling anger in the way like a Jason Sudeikis has that like beautiful yell that he could just like make at somebody. Like, I, I think that like, that's the element that I haven't seen from Jad yet. I mean, also, bro, he's not Phil Hartman. He's J.A.J. He's no, no, we're just thing. we're having the discussion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you you know. want to do one? You guys want to do one more question while we still have Eric? Yeah, yeah. All right, let's take this question from from Fred, who was just with us beforehand. Fred wanted to know: Are we concerned at all about a drop in energy after the December episodes? And I think it's been like fairly undisputed that like December's had the best episodes, the most highest energy of the season. So now that we have this like five week break, Eric, are you concerned about a drop in energy going into January? Um. So, like historically, you know, last year is a terrible year to base this on. But I feel like Billie Eilish before Paul Rudd had high energy. But when we came back for Ariana DuBose, like, I don't think that episode hit very well. I think it was a little shaky. Um, so if we go back to, to, to last year, like, yeah, maybe. Um, 
and you know the the cast could still be you know scrambling with Cecily gone although I mean they did pretty fine without her for the three episodes at the beginning of the season so um I I, I am not uh keeping my hopes up that we'll maintain exactly the same level of energy and quality that we've hit the last three weeks. Um, but I'm not concerned about it as much. Like I, I'm sure we'll bounce back. I think like what we've seen, we're going to hit again and maybe it's not the first episode back, but it, it will, it will come soon. I think. I originally was like, Oh no, nah, like that's crazy. Why would there be a drop in energy? But then I remembered. What am I like when I have a lot of time off from work? <laughs> I know when I'm coming in on that first day off the job, I'm like, all right, good God. I, like, don't don't schedule me for no meetings. Don't don't try to talk to me. This is a clean up my email inbox kind of day. Let us phone it in. And for legal purposes, I am only joking. Um, <laughs> but like at first I was like, oh no, why would there be a drop in energy? But like you had like Lizzo, you had Steven Marty, you had Kiki Palmer killing it. I think the only thing that like, and by the way, I, I think the only thing that does bring the, cause I'm, I'm now going back to, I want to say it was Eric. I found it interesting. You said Ariana DeBose. Wasn't it John Krasinski was the first host back? Uh, 46. Oh, 46. Okay. Thank you for correcting me. Um, hmm, I'm getting my, my dates wrong then. Uh, I'm thinking about like him when he came back and like, I was, I knew I was excited going in for it, but I felt like the episode was a little more even tempered and that's kind of been my framework for it. I think the host is the only thing that kind of like can bring the energy out of the crowd. I think about when you have Adam driver uh, coming and hosting uh, immediately after uh, the break. Um, And sure. He brings the energy, but even then, was the cast as strong, you know, when they came back from break? You know, it's like when you try to, like, do – it's like if you were to try to go Black Friday shopping after you just ate Thanksgiving turkey, you had your Thanksgiving nap, it's, and you're like, all right, let me leave at 1130 at night, midnight, go drive and go do this. Like, you might have a little more trouble, like, starting. Now, granted, are we going to enjoy the episode? Sure. But I just kind of think that maybe the host is the only thing that could bring that energy level up not the cast eric i want to give you a last opportunity while you're with us tonight to just say anything else you wanted to say about the fall of season 48 and what you're looking forward to next year yeah um i think the last three actually probably four episodes were probably the best run we've had since i can't remember when i think pound for pound it was probably better than any run we had in 47 except maybe uh, Malik, Sudeikis, uh, Colkin. That, uh, that was a great run. But I think I think this was a completely different energy than that run, and I and I think it actually was showed more variety than that run. So um, I'm really optimistic about this season. Um, really looking forward to what the cast can do um, moving forward. So I'm, I'm feeling good. Awesome. Well, Eric, please send my best to your family. Hope they're enjoying Saturday Night yeah. Live from this past week right now. Yeah, and thanks, thanks for joining us tonight i hope you have a very happy holidays and we'll talk next year all right tj so and by the way just just before we bring in our next patron i wanted to say uh yeah i i see what he's saying a lot there about the i brought up the malik and sudeikis and colkin run beforehand i think the major difference there is there was a break between sudeikis and Mm -hmm. 
and, and Culkin, I believe. Yeah. And then it went Culkin, Majors, and then Simu Liu. So the actual run itself, there was like a little bit of a break there between those episodes. But as far as like a run without a break, I think this has been the strongest we probably had in a couple of years. So um, it's, it's an interesting thought. I don't even know if that Culkin episode is strong enough to like live up to the tier. It was really good. Of that. Yeah. It was really good. But let me, let me bring in our next patron tonight and we'll answer some more of your questions coming up. We have a ton still left to go. So uh, bringing it up for the first time in season 48, it is Amanda. Hi, Amanda. How are you guys? Hey, Amanda. How you doing? I am good. How are you? We're chilling. Doing so great. Yeah. So this glad to get alive, to speak you to know? you. Yeah. TJ is one of my favorite panelists. So I'm very Aww. excited. <laughs> Thank you. I love attention. Uh, (laughs) No, it's very sweet. I appreciate it. So Amanda, how'd you feel about this last episode we saw? Oh, it was great. I loved it so much. Um, I was just watching Steve Martin and Martin Short back again. And I think the Austin Butler episode was better. So, Yeah. What about it? I I think that it was more consistent across the board. I didn't think that any of the sketches were like all out clunkers. So I did think a few in the Martin, uh, double Martin's episode was, um, I think the energy was just really good starting from the monologue. I really liked it. Um, and I think because we got to find out that it was Cecily's last show beforehand that that really started the energy. Like you knew that it was her show and it kind of made sense immediately to me, at least why Austin was hosting the Christmas episode, as opposed to Martin and Steve. Um, so I was just excited. I knew that it was going to be special outside of the host and maybe that's what colored kind of my watching experience of it, but I thought it was great. That's a good point. Is Cecily competing with like Steve and Marty? That would have been, oh, that's a good point. Right. I think that'd be a lot of cooks in the kitchen in yeah. a lot of sketches. Yeah, really small kitchen. For sure. Well, Amanda, I'm excited to get your thoughts on everything. And then we also have questions that came in from some of our other listeners. So I'll throw out some questions and then you can let us know what you want to talk about uh, when it comes to answering them. I'll take this next question that comes in from Lana Bracewell. Lana wanted to know, who is the main singer now that Cecily is gone on the show? So do we need these singing sketches? And is there an obvious answer here? Amanda, what do you think? Is it Keenan? Oh, (laughs) he does do the warm ups. I was going to yeah. say it's Bowen, but I guess Keenan is a good answer. Yeah. Oh, no, it's yeah. definitely not Bowen. No. Really? I, he does all the Broadway has, stuff. Yeah. All he has is that one album with, you know, no skips, the hyper pop Fantasia or whatever. Um, I guess that's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's all he has is the one album. It's the iceberg. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's Keenan. I can't think. Because, yeah, because Keenan has that Trees character, which is god awful. Um, but, like, Keenan doesn't. What? What, John? The listeners, uh, you don't, you can't see this, but John is getting a smirk on his face when I say things that That's like funny. people might disagree with. Teresa is an awful character. Keenan has done twenty years of good stuff. If I don't like one thing, he's gonna be fine. Um, like, uh, no, but um, this is why Amanda and our listeners like you so much is because you just throw out something. You're just like, this thing is awful. <laughs> assuming everybody else feels the same way. I'm not saying it's a fact. I just, if I don't like stuff, I just shout about it. It's my American right. Um, yeah. like, yes. <laughs> um. Oh my gosh. I was trying to think of like who else like sings. And I'm blanking. Doesn't um I was gonna say, I, could it be Ego or Punky? Because Punky did the rap recently and Ego has Loco, but even those are just kind of one-offs a little bit, you know? Yeah, I think we're we're 
like pretty much out on singers for a while now. And I think that's yeah. probably a, a good thing, Amanda, just switch it up. Yeah. I just hope I don't see Trees again. Just, um, Melissa. Melissa could sing. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, Melissa could sing. Melissa Kate is a great singer. Sing. I'm trying to think of the Mulaney musical. Like, who would have, like, the belters? I, I don't know. We don't have them anymore, am, but that's interesting. Yeah. Am I the only um, one that the Mulaney musicals just don't play for? Yeah. Like, I love Mulaney, yeah. but it's always the weakest part of the episode for me. Like, I'm, I, here's the thing. I like Broadway, but I'm a very casual Broadway person. I've right. dated a lot of w- white women who are super Broadway. So that's what's been my influence. Mm-hmm. But even then, the Mulaney musicals, I'm just like, eh. I don't Casually know. Casually throwing out that you're a player. I'm not, because I've dated white women. What, like, <laughs> no, that's not. <laughs> There's the that's, lot word. A lot could be three. Like, that's not. <laughs> okay, I'm listeners, a is a lot three. God. I think I think a few. I'm not a three. player, John. Yeah. I mean, yes. Have I been a hoe in my past? Absolutely. Did I'm a player? No. Because I'm a, I'm a teddy bear. I, I treat women with respect, and I'm very sweet. I appreciate that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, let's take this next question that comes in from uh, <laughs> from our friend Ike, who wants to know, in your opinion, who are you most looking forward to hosting like, for the first time? Cecily or Kate McKinnon? Ike says, while both are Hall of Famers, he thinks Kate's has the potential to be a classic. So, Amanda, let me ask your opinion on this. Kate or Cecily's hosted episode, which one are you most looking forward to? That's really hard. Uh, and I feel like I'd be looking forward to them for different reasons. I think Kate's obviously has, maybe it's not obvious, but to me, more potential to have more star power. I think Kate's probably a bigger star outside of the show. So to the extent that we can expect other cameos, I think Kate's would be a bigger episode. I think Cecily blends it. Cecily is more of a team player than Kate. So I think overall Cecily's episode would be a stronger episode in terms of sketches that's so hard. They both just left. I want to see what the cast looks like now without both of them before I were to decide. But now I'm inclined to say Kate because Kate's been gone longer. We just had Cecily and we just had three super Cecily forward episodes. So I feel like I'd be missing Kate. But that doesn't mean that I prefer Kate as a cast member at all because that's not necessarily true. Dear listener. I'm over here pondering this wild question that I just posed to us. I feel like I'm starting off a jazz album um, or an RV album. Uh, I'm pondering this wild question that he just asked us, which feels disrespectful. I don't know why, but it feels like a disrespectful question. That's uh, what we do. Kate, 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 Kate is a star. Sure. She is like, no one can deny that. Uh, but uh, like Icarus, she flew too close to the sun. She, she stayed a star for too, star for too long. Um, actually, no, I, if I'm honest, I think it would be Cecily because I think it would be a stronger sketch. I feel like <sighs> this is going to sound crazy. Kate, I mean, honestly, I, Amanda, I'm just going to echo your point about Kate is the bigger star, but Cecily's, it's like, I wonder if it's like a comparison between like the Sudeikis episode and like a Mulaney episode. Both are big people who know how to work well with the show. And hear me out here because this is not a detriment to Jason. Jason was the star of that episode, but he also blended in well, you know, with the, with the rest of the DNA. And whereas Mulaney, I feel like for some, now granted we had diminishing returns. So let's maybe focus on those first two hosting appearances. The way he weaves himself into the DNA of the shows from a writer's perspective, I think is beautiful. I honestly, this is just more my bias showing through. I think Cecily's going to have the stronger episode 
I don't know. I just, I think I, I know that Kate is the bigger star, but I just, this is going to sound, this is going to be a wild take. I think Cecily might be more talented than Kate. <laughs> like if we're looking at overall like talent, I think Cecily is a better singer. I like Cecily's writing more. I like her character work better. Kate's a better impressionist, but to be honest, Kate always shines through, but the end is so does Cecily. So I don't, this is, I don't know. It's, I'd like to see like a death battle, like, uh, you know, that YouTube series, like a death battle between the two of them. Like who's, who's the stronger cast member? People, everyone's going to say Kate. I know that's what everyone's going to say, but really think about it. Put some respect on Miss Strong's name. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Amanda, any thoughts there? Or you totally agree. I just, that, I'm not answering who I think is a stronger cast member. <laughs> that's yeah, right. good point. Good point. Who I'm more excited to. I think that Kate, my answer is because she's been gone longer and seeing Cecily host right now wouldn't seem like a depart, like a departure from what we've been seeing the last three weeks, which I feel like she's been kind of leading the sketches as since she came back. And so I feel like it would feel like that. That that's my only take. Not not her skills or anything compared to Kate. Kate's just been gone. So Kate coming back would be and I feel like it'd be like Kate to me is like Kristen Wiig's successor. So I'd be it's like that kind of excitement, that kind of energy that I think the show would have to have her back. But there it's way too early for both of them. So I wouldn't be that excited, honestly, if they announced either of that. I would be Yeah, let's let's hold off on this for a little bit, but it's fun to play the thought experiment. So Kate hasn't been gone for a um, for a year yet. She's been gone for seven months. Like she, you guys, she just left like a minute ago. And by the way, just for what it's worth, I'll I'll say I am more looking forward to the Kate hosted episode than I am the Cecily hosted episode. So Mm. why? Because because I want to see Kate work with cast members she's never worked with more than I care to see Cecily work with cast members she's never worked with. Like mm. if, with a complete cast turnaround, I'm excited to see Kate pop in without having AD or Cecily or any of the people that she's worked with. Whereas I feel that Cecily is probably more adaptable to newer casts. I'm curious how Kate would do with a completely different cast of characters around her. Like to me, that's more fascinating to see. So I want to see like Kate come in in a new era. But like Kate would just do the same thing that Kate, like I, and I hate it. Cause I don't, I don't hate Kate at all, but like, she would do the same thing that she did for 10 years, which was take up with all the, the same people, days, be the same, be the star. No, like with the new cast, she would, I think you'd get the same Kate experience if she hosted an episode, which was, it'd be like when Will Forte hosted and barely any of the cast was there. It's no, just that's not Kate true. No, that was just weird. As well. It's just Kate taking up a lot of space versus Cecily, I think would actually work as a part of the show. I don't know. I just, well, yeah, here, yeah. To, to John's point in the chat, mm-hmm. he's like, there's only four cast members Kate's never worked with. Like, I'm not saying now, but I'm saying like, eventually when it does happen, once there is more turnover, I think it's Kate that I'm excited to see with a new crop of players than there would be Cecily at this point. So mm-hmm. that's just my thing about it. Um, I'd love to take this next question here from Eric, who wants to know, which SNL sketches from this season will you be showing your family and friends if you're home for the holidays? So are there any sketches from the season that you want to show your family and friends? Um, give you a chance to think of a few of them and then chat. I want to get your thoughts too. Are there any sketches like for people out there who don't watch Saturday Night Live regularly that you're just excited to show them? So Amanda, any thoughts here? Can you start with TJ? I need a, I need yeah, a second. Yeah, of course, yeah. I'm trying to try out. I had to, I had no to literally... Amanda, if it's any constellation, I literally had to, like, at the start of the show, like, go and look at the SNL 
YouTube video list to be like, what did I like? <laughs> like, and actually I, there's a woman I'm seeing right now. I had to like remind myself, like, what did I show her? Like, what, yeah. what, what did we watch together? Um, and I remember like the first thing I sent her was like, was definitely the big boys sketch. Um, I definitely sent her that one. That was, um, that was the one I'm going to be looking at a lot. Um, I, if I'm looking at like a rundown of what I liked, I really liked, um, uh, Keenan and Kelly. There's a lot of stuff in the Kiki episode I really dug. I also liked Big Dumb Hat because I have certain friends that I will send that to them uh, out of spite. Like, I will, like, to be petty, like, if I see them wearing that hat out in the wild, I will send it to them because I think it's a great sketch. I think the blonde sketch was really good if you saw that awful movie that was just terrible to Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. Um, and uh, Aunt Pat, was that was kind of a new one for me because I got really excited when I saw another Heidi character. Um, yeah. And I, I watch Heidi characters a lot. Um, so I think Keenan and Kelly and Big Boys will probably be the biggest ones that I'm going to send around a lot. Okay. Oh, and Scrooge. Scrooge was funny. Like, Scrooge, yeah. I, yeah. Was Sorry, go ahead, Amanda. I think that a lot of the Chappelle sketches I would mm. send around. I did. I feel like I found myself sending around a lot of those. Um, Which one? Uh, potato hole. I sent to a lot of people. <laughs> I sent that to my parents immediately just because I was trying to gauge the reaction. Um, <laughs> I really liked the House of the Dragon uh, oh, sketch. One. Um, now I'm blanking completely. I will never forget uh, Tyrone Biggums trying to light a crack pipe by saying Jakaris. Honestly, iconic. Like, yeah. For me, it just, it just I, iconic. It's a Chappelle Show fan. Yeah. Iconic moment. <laughs> Black Heaven from that sketch was also really, from that episode was also really strong. Oh, yeah. that's right. But you know what's terrible is I'm like, what sketches, like, I forgot everything. Like, what am I not forgetting? Oh, man. It's a really right. long monologue. So, <laughs> yeah. mostly monologue. Yeah. Um, I think I think the ones for me, Amanda, that like are really standing out as ones that I want to show people over the holidays are like the delayed gratification ones. So yeah. like when we're talking about like Potato Hole has that extremely long wait before we get like the the hook on the sketch. The same thing this past week with Christmas Epiphany, same thing with the Scrooge sketch. Like it takes a while to get there. And like once you get there, it's hilarious. And I think like that's what's fun. Um like for me, Jewish Elvis, just like it like just being Jewish, oh, like it's I have to just like send to a bunch of people just because yeah. it's like so funny but yeah the problem with the delayed gratification sketches is that when you see a sketch and you're not loving it and you are expecting there to be some kind of twist and there's not because we've had a couple of those amanda yes. do you know why this is do you, do you want to know why, why why john likes this it's because john is a will never forget john <laughs> is a will forte fan amanda and we cannot forget this because john likes the weird things. John may look like a polished, good-looking man whose hair is always on point with a Bob's Burgers life whiffed, you know, into like, <laughs> like, like yes. It's yeah, like exactly. there, yeah. It is. Like, John may always be polished and have that smooth, wonderful voice, and he's an excellent host. Sure. But I'm not here to compliment this man. I'm here to point out the other piece of John that shows you every now and then, you know, the part that's thinking, I'm going to try marzipan. On, on the podcast and have Amanda Mitchell narrate it. The weird part of John that yeah. thinks the potato chip sketch is excellent. It is. No, it's, that, is it not? It's not. It's not, John. It's not an excellent sketch. <laughs> it's That's the part we need to remember when we hear him say things like this. So don't, don't just agree with him. Remember who this man is, Amanda. Potato chip is one of my favorite sketches. I think oh my God. <laughs> Give Blake Lively an Emmy Award for that sketch alone, but... Otherwise, I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. 
Amanda, I, I don't know if we can be friends anymore. I don't, I feel hurt. I see Amanda, I this is why we vibe. <laughs> you know what? This is, I don't like the United Front that's happening here. I, I feel, I don't, listener, I don't feel safe. Um, these, well, I, I think to your point though, you, you did make it, you know, despite all of everything you said, I think you made an interesting <laughs> point. I think what was interesting here is like, yes, like if you tend to be the type of person who like doesn't let out their inner weirdo very much, then you are going to love the weirdo sketches. So okay. I, all right. I think, I think that that's where the, like, I think, I think that's like where these people kind of like bring it out of you. Like I'm sort of the person where like, if I'm with friends and they have like different personalities, like oftentimes they'll bring out like different sides of me, depending on like how we vibe or not. And I feel that sort of like when there's a cast member on Saturday Night Live that, you know, has those weirdo sketches, they sort of bring that out of me. So yeah, like Marzipan this week as an example was so weird and so confusing but like just in the funnest way that like i was like okay i have to have fun with this on the podcast because of it john you know no i'm not gonna do this all right don't (laughs) okay well let, let me let me ask amanda is there anything any thoughts on the fall of saturday night live anything else you want to talk about or what you're looking forward to in the spring I want to see Quinta Brunson and Florence yes! on that stage, or I'm going to be very disappointed. Wait, who else did you say? I'm oh, sorry. Florence Pugh was my second one. Oh, oh, that's a good one. Oh, Sonnen. Um, <laughs> Give the people what they want. Uh, yes, thank you. Thank yeah. you, Amanda. Yes, you're welcome. I got you back now with the Quinta Brunson. This is my arc of this season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, Amanda. Well, it was wonderful getting to hear your thoughts for a little bit on the season. And I'm really looking forward to talking to you again on another patient feedback show in the spring. So thanks, or in, I guess coming up into next yeah. month already. So yeah. uh, very fun. So uh, thanks so much. Wishing you and your friends and family very happy holidays. And we'll talk soon. Nice to meet you, TJ. <laughs> it was nice to meet you too, Amanda. Thanks for coming on. So oh, she next, she's the best. Been, I, lo- I love Amanda. Wonderful. She, she's awesome. She's an amazing part yeah. of our community. So happy to have amanda on the show with us tonight so tj we still got a ton of more questions that will start to take a few of those from the listeners so let's take this next question from a friend of yours and i somebody that you've spoken to on your podcast before it's oh i'm about friend, to say who <laughs> yeah I was, gonna, I was gonna say our friend monette who's yes. with us in the chat tonight love monette, monette is my favorite um, yeah uh, monette says Next Emmy season, so this was some news this week. Next Emmy season, SNL is going to be going up against John Oliver due to a recategorizing of the latter's show. What should SNL do now to have a chance at winning against Oliver, keep doing what they're doing, or try and emulate some stunts and headline grammars like rappers like Oliver usually does? So what do you think, TJ? Uh, well, I have two questions. One, are we expecting any more callers? Uh, yeah, yeah, we're gonna have a couple more coming up uh, okay, in a little okay. bit, but we uh, we have about ten minutes before the next one comes in. All right, no problem, no problem. Um, all right, first of all, this is very much a Manette question. The way that she kind of thinks critically about stuff like this, so of course this will be her. Um, all right, so uh, what do you mean? What do they need to do? Just keep doing what they're doing. It's been forty eight years. <laughs> like, and I don't care what category you put them. In. You could put them in for best drama, and they're still gonna win. I mean, yeah, maybe not. I'm being exaggerating, but like as much as I love Oliver, like John Oliver, and he's kind of what like he's, he is to liberals, what Fox news is to Republicans. Um, like 
as much as I enjoy uh, John Oliver, sorry, that's just a dumb, dumb thought I had. Um, Book TJ for two hours for the show. Is this a good idea? Yes, yes, I think. Hey, so. man, bl- blame yourself. I'm over here sitting next to some nutter butters. I've been waiting to eat. The second we're done recording, I'm I'm eating, son. Uh, sorry. Well, it's okay. No, we got um, you for three and a half hours next Monday. So. Oh my god, I know that was three hours and forty five minutes. Good, that was a long recording. Um, no, but I don't know. Like, I, I hate to simplify this, so maybe I can. I don't. I don't want to like extend it, but like, SNL. Are they are they recategorizing it because uh, there was only two entrants last year where it was uh, them and a black lady sketch show in the uh, Emmy category? Maybe somebody in the chat who's watching live could just give a better explanation of what the reason is for the recategorization of Saturday Night Live for the Emmys. But I have a feeling because they wouldn't be competing against anyone because last year was just them and a black lady sketch show. Yeah, I mean, they do tend to change the categories up like every few years or decade at least. But, you know... This is, uh, it's a very interesting question, Manette. Obviously, we have a long ways to go, but like, I don't know. Is it, is it too simplistic to say that like SNL just doesn't really care about the Emmys that much? Like, like they do go and accept them. And like Lauren has his like yearly speech there and like always uh, does press afterwards and like announces or like teases a couple things about the season. But like, I don't know that it's like he's on this like incredible hot streak at the Emmys that like everything means so much to him that they have to like potentially change the structure of the show to compete with John Oliver. Like I think they just like do their thing and like yeah. Am I wrong about yeah. this, TJ? I don't. I know. I, I I think they stay consistent, stay the course. Like, and I'm not like a big fan of the whole like oh you should do this because it's what we've always done. I I just don't see any need for a format change because the show is different every week. Like mm-hmm. you are already creating changes when you have Taylor Swift come in and do 10 minutes of a really boring song, you're changing the format of your own show. When you have a like a host come in and do every single segment of the show, like J- like Jason Sudeikis, you're, you're changing the format of the show. When you have somebody come in to host and they're only were there for maybe a couple days of that week and you do one of the longest monologues of all time, you're changing the format of your show. And don't me wrong, I love John Oliver, like, but like, I know when I'm going to watch a John Oliver video, sorry, you know, it's crazy. I'm also saying video. The man is an HBO show and I'm saying video because most of us are probably watching it on YouTube. When I'm watching a John Oliver piece, I know what I'm going to be doing is taking my phone, putting it right in front of my computer, putting it on while I'm like working or something. And I enjoy the things he has to say in his points of view. And I, I, I even enjoy kind of like learning a little bit about something I may not have known about. but after he um like after like i'm done watching those he always has some kind of like segment where it's a call to action or maybe some bit of activism or um something like a fake commercial or something funny like when he i think like one time he bought like ads uh on fox news to like that would play like right around the time that he knew trump would be watching or like he's great at like creating impact but I think SNL is just a bigger monster than John Oliver could ever be. And I love John Oliver. I think he's great. Um, so I just I, want to I explain really this to the listeners, TJ, because I just make sure like I, I get this right. So Monette in the chat says that it's variety talk and variety sketch now oh, as okay. a category, as opposed to Oliver just being in the late night category. So I guess the late night versus the variety is where the big difference is here. 
Mm-hmm. And then uh, John in the chat says, remember that until seven years ago, or whatever it was, around seven years ago, SNL lost the variety series or equivalent Emmy more so often than it, it actually won it. So splitting that into different categories mm. worked for SNL. So it's interesting. Like the thing is, is like, I'm not, I don't know about you, TJ. Like I'm not a big award show guy. Like I watch, same. like I watch music award shows because I like performances and mm-hmm. I like to see them, but like, I don't like, it doesn't mean that much to me. Like maybe if I was getting the award, it would mean something to me, mm-hmm. but like as a viewer, I'm like, okay. I mean, unless Will Smith is slapping somebody each year at the Oscars, like, right. I, that, I mean, that's one award show I don't watch. Um, to be honest, the I, I like looking at like the Grammy Grammy nominations, but the Grammys are terrible when it comes to music. So, sorry, not like the Grammys don't give respect to the you know like. Sorry, that's not it's not the conversation, but like the Grammys, I look at the nominations, and one year I kind of like would watch, but I've only ever watched like clips. The Tonys, I'm too I've never watched. I never watched a second of the Tonys in my life. I uh, I dated a woman years and years and years ago, like early in college, that like she was a really big Broadway person and she had like a, a Tony's party and I watched it with her. And at the time, by the way, at the time I wasn't in a Broadway. And so I was like, oh, this is kind of lame. Like, and yet here's the thing. I didn't realize that I was watching Glee every week and that I would become a musical lover. But that's the size of the point. But the Emmys. I'm a TV fan, John. I love television. Like I love T like I like movies, but I love TV. Uh, I consider myself a TV aficionado and the Emmys are something I'm always curious to see, like, you know, who's been nominated or like, I I am always curious to see who who are the Emmy winners and nominees, but the award shows nowadays are too boring. Like I enjoy the, uh, I like, I might enjoy, I used to enjoy the Emmy monologue. And I would enjoy, uh, I think a couple of times, like the big shows would do like little crossover pre-tapes. Like there's one where um, The Office, uh, like it starts in the set of The Office. And I think like Aaron Paul from uh, Breaking Bad shows up. And uh, I think um, Aziz Ansari uh, shows up. And a couple of other characters from other TV show up all on the set of The Office. And it's really fun. And I think that's something that the Emmys has really lost. Um, you know, this kind of like it made, making the TV seem like a little world. And so I like to see who's who are like the big champs of TV. But like, other than that, I'm usually just going to read the nomination list the next morning. I'm not going to watch the show. Right. Unless well, I mean, Will Smith slaps someone at every single award show like that. John, I have a great idea. What if yeah. every award show Will Smith, there's like a wheel, a wheel of celebrities and Will Smith slaps like like he spins it and he's gonna slap that celebrity but we don't know who it's gonna be like do it at the tonys the emmys the grammys i think if we're trying to get viewership up i don't know what do you what do you think uh, i mean it's it's an interesting idea <laughs> but i really think that i, I think award shows <laughs> are not appointment television anymore and i think that i agree um, like they're a, we, they're a list they're a listicle yeah like i'm gonna look watch, at the list the next day yeah, we did a watch party for the Emmys in the fall because, like, right before the season started, because Keenan was hosting it, so like, it sort of yeah. made sense to do that. So there was like that SNL tie in there, and, but like, no offense to Keenan, who I think did as good of a job yeah. as he possibly could, but like, what, like, did I walk away from the Emmys like feeling like I've learned anything? Like, it's it wasn't like it, it like there's really like in the world of people watching like less traditional forms of television it's really sports and saturday night live that are the only things that like you need to watch at the time that they air 
for most part, so you don't get spoiled on stuff. And if you don't care and you're like willing to like, you know, shut that off and just watch the sketches the next morning and like not go on Twitter type of thing. And you're if you're in our community, then like that works. But I feel like, um, I feel like award shows, like completely lost that. So for me, it's like, does SNL to go back to the original question, does SNL actually care about award shows and like getting the Emmys and stuff like that? I think it's just literally like, it's sort of like a press thing, like an all the press releases that I get sent as part of like uh, NBC, we're on the like NBC media list now, like, they only send in like, when they send press release, they were like Emmy award winning show. And I think like, that's the reason why it works. But otherwise, I don't yeah. know that Lauren actually cares. I know since he's already won, like, <laughs> he's already won like one Emmy. And I'm assuming like, I don't know, is the Emmy a cup? It doesn't matter. Uh, like they've already won like one Emmy, so a cup like the award itself. Yeah. No, you know how like uh Drake poured like juice or something in his Grammy and then like sip. Like I wonder if he could like yeah, because he did that like the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if he could like disrespect his um his his Emmy. If Lauren could disrespect his Emmy. Like he's already the show's already won at least one. I don't know. How, I'm assuming the show's won like tens of Emmys. Um. Well, let me let me bring know. in our next patron because uh, yeah, this yeah, guy yeah. might might have some background and know a little bit more about this. So I'm going to bring in uh, Casey Killingsworth, who's going to be with us now. Everybody's always very excited to hear from Casey. So, Casey, how are you? I'm doing great, John. I'm just kicking off a four day holiday weekend where I found out I might be up for a big promotion at work. So fingers oh, crossed. Wow. That is awesome. Yeah, I'm doing good. Um, I I don't know exactly how many Emmys the show has won over the years, but it's it's been winning them. Chevy Chase won them, so it's been since the beginning of its run, and and you know now after this is over, I'm definitely going to try to find footage or video evidence of Drake drinking out of his Grammy. So, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Casey, um, how are you? Number one, I mean, promotion sounds great, and then number two, what did you think of this last week's episode? Have you enjoyed what we got from Austin Butler and all the Cecily stuff? Yeah, I liked it. It was it was really great. It was really solid. I mean, it is kind of a strange vibe, but in a good way. Because uh, first of all, Cecily, farewell. We hardly knew you, but i I can't remember. I can't remember a time when I've seen a cast member who leaves uh, mid season get as as much of a send off fanfare as Cecily did. Like they gave her the the exact type of thing they would give to a cast member who left, um, you know, in the middle or at the end of the season in May, she left mid. I don't even think Amy Poehler or Dana Carvey got that or even Mike Myers, but you know, Cecily's earned it with the decade plus she's given to the show and yeah. And, and the range she showed and, and Austin Butler, I thought was a really, a really strong host, the type of host I haven't really seen before. Um, I, I would classify him as like the, like the dependable background character actor of, uh, the, uh, the Disney Nickelodeon child star universe, because we've seen him on that, but he was always like a, a guest star and like Elvis is like the first big leading role he's in. So it was, it was nice. <laughs> like, he's like the Brian Dennehy of the Disney kid world or something like but yeah, it's good to see him bring that kind of energy to Saturday Night Live. He he came off a little intense and method, but uh, he was able to poke fun at himself for it and uh, rein it in. I I'd love to see him uh, host again uh, if he if he gets another big movie. And uh, 
and of course steve and marty were great they were i mean as expected they were really solid they gave us a a good show and 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 here's something i feel like we have to talk about i what did i say on the last patron feedback show two weeks ago that i wanted to see i wanted to see steve and marty do something with uh sarah and marcello and i wanted to see them get their own breakout signature moments to start a new era well i feel like fortunately i don't think they watch this i think they play in this at a time and the time is just a coincidence but they they did give us uh the christmas carol scrooge sketch that uh steve and marty that uh sarah and marcella were very prominent in and of course sarah did jewish elvis that's a a big character people know her for i'm sure and marcello got his own uh sketch folks on in that got cut but yeah, you know, it's nice to know that they thought um to give him something so yeah i'd say the season's um left off on a strong point and i'm excited to see where it uh where it heads further from here me too casey i, I think those are some great points and i do think uh you never know who's listening right maybe what you say on here matters so <laughs> i appreciate that uh but casey uh i'm gonna take this next question from our friend in the chat who you know very well ken george jones okay so ken wants to say happy holidays do you know if there's a reason why they have been more stringent on the cut for time uploads this season I know, I know they have right? been st- yeah they have been stocking up on more pre-tapes which don't have the host but we've only had one live sketch uploaded all season and by the way if you did miss that that came out this week that was the uh the fusion scientist sketch i believe that's what yeah. they called it With, um, uh, marcello yeah written by colin jose rosebud baker and ben silva which was really like a marcello piece uh that came out this week on social media and on youtube if you wanted to check that out um ken says i miss the added texture these cut first time sketches added for episodes and the insight into cast members imagine where kyle's snl career might have gone without them so uh, yeah that's that's a great point it would have been cut for time (laughs) exactly yeah uh so casey what are your thoughts any thoughts on like you know, are, are we missing these? Like, do we need to get more of them? And like, overall, what Ken was saying? Uh, Kyle's career. I'm sorry, Casey, go ahead. Yeah, yeah it's fine. I, I'm thinking, yeah, we did get more of these last year. And maybe the show thought last year there was, you know, more castability. And maybe the show's thinking that this year, um, you know, they, they don't have like the big stars like Kate or Peters. Maybe they're thinking, well, uh, we, we've lost some, you know, big stars who are like, you can always count on them to anchor a sketch and make it a hit. So, and maybe they're putting these cut for time pieces for, you know, the viral hits, the clicks. Maybe that's a part of what NBC wants now. And um, maybe they're a little bit afraid of how people are going to react to the the new people versus the old people. And maybe they're just um, writing more and more stuff that's um, maybe not specific to the host that they may want to use in the future maybe maybe the new people want to use that as uh their they're in their their breakout moments or their next breakout moment in some cases so um yeah maybe maybe it's just a newer cast and uh or maybe they want to give the newer cast newer chances but um and maybe it's lack of castability. I don't know, but I think we might see more, you know, cut for time pieces once people like Sarah and Marcel, the newer people, get more established, and the show trusts them more to um, uh, 
you know, get viral hits and viral views, show trust them more, they'll, they'll, the, the viewers will see anything that they're in. So, um, yeah, I think that just cast fluctuations, uh, might be the main, uh, the, the main reason of the lack or the embargo on, uh, this year's cut for time pieces. TJ, can I take a swipe at this before you go? Because I, I have a theory also. I mean, like, again, an hour and a half into our fourth show of the week on this episode, I'll just throw this out. Like, what if, like, some of these cut sketches were just really bad? You know, like, new new writers, new That's cast members. <laughs> you know, like, and they just, like, they don't want to put them out. They're not, like, good enough to get onto the live show. So why would they put them out on the internet? Whereas, like, in previous seasons where they had, like, veterans, like Casey is saying, like, established players on the show, they have too much good stuff. So they can't fit it all in the show. So they're going to put some stuff online. Like what if just it's not good enough to make the show? So they're not going to put it out. Well, John, that's hold on. My, my I, I'm with you a little bit, but my one like halt against that is like, there's a difference between cut at dress and cut for time. Yes, you're right. You know, so like, and I'm only saying this because fun fact, I don't know if the listeners know this. Um, my favorite sketch of all time is actually a cut for time sketch. It's the cast list sketch with Will Ferrell from 2019. Um, and it's just the one I, I love the most. Um, if it wasn't for that sketch being uploaded, I never would have known about it. Like, I don't know what my other favorite sketch would have been. Maybe Meet Your Second Wife would probably be it. Um, but, like, that sketch itself, I, I just, I guess I always appreciated the cover time sketch coming out on, like, you know, Sunday, Monday, sometimes even Tuesday. Because it made the show feel just, like, a little bit longer. Like, there was something about, like, you know, once I'm done watching SNL on what TJ used to call it, Sunday Night Live, but because the essence of this podcast has bled itself into my DNA, I do now watch live. <sighs> yeah, yeah, whatever, John. It's because Peacock doesn't upload it till 3 p.m. Don't, don't, don't count yourself so lucky. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Peacock makes it easier to watch it, which I can't believe I'm saying that. You're getting, Peacock, you're getting canceled the second SNL is his finale. Um, but like, sorry, I'm sorry, Casey. Um, what I'm trying to say is um, I felt like the cover time sketches made the show last just a little bit longer, Like especially before I even did this podcast. It made it feel like once SNL was like over, I was like, man, that felt really great. Wait, what? You mean the next day there's another sketch that came out? And it's also like, not all of them are great because I think there's one, like, it doesn't matter. But it just made the fun last a little longer. And I always appreciated that. Yeah. Casey, I would love to know, you know, going into 2023, what you're most looking forward to this season and maybe like what you're hoping for, some goals that SNL should try and achieve, any of that. I mean, I'm most hopeful for, you know, a more a more confident, sure of itself show. Uh, they've got the seems like they've got the audience in the place and they want them. I'm I'm looking forward to the the newer people. Molly, Marcel, the new hires getting established, getting more new shots as the season progresses. I'm looking forward to more, uh, you know, more Sarah Sherman, seeing more of the multitude she must contain. And I'm excited for um, maybe James Austin Johnson, uh, him getting to do more character work outside of just, you know, political impressions. I mean, he looks like they're relying on more for like the glue rolls, but maybe let him break out and show us who he really is. And something I'd say I'm really, really looking forward to is probably going to happen years and years from now when, you know, this group of players finally gets to, uh, maybe after they've left SNL, but if 
if Seth Myers is still doing late night, maybe they could finally get to do their favorite, you know, cut for dress, cut for time pieces on second chance theater. Cause you know, you got to think these, I mean, these cut for time sketches, cut for time, cut for dress. They only get one chance and Seth's the only one kind enough to give them a second chance. If uh, that second chance doesn't get uh, given to them in the form of getting put online. But yeah, just just more new faces uh, being established, becoming more household names with SNL viewers. Just new directions, new new changes. Uh, just uh, a new year and new things done differently. That's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, that that makes sense. I'll take one more question with you, Casey, while we have some time. This one comes in from our friend Isaiah Williams who says, did anyone else leave that we didn't know? So, um, you know, you I think like he means, yeah. <laughs> yes, like, like <laughs> TJ's dad. Uh, so, you know, the, the question is really like any writers, any cast members. And I believe that the only news that we have thus far is that uh, Claire O'Kane, one of the writers has left the show. I believe that they posted that on Instagram. And yeah, I mean, some of this news, I remember Casey, I was like driving somewhere right at the holidays last year. And I was getting like a million texts on my phone being like, did you know that like Anna Dresden left the show? And then like, there was just like so many people. So like, it, it's possible we could get some more departures before the new year. I mean, yeah, I agree. Um, you know, it's like writers, obviously not every the departure from the show is going to be as high profile as a Cecily Strong, Amy Kennedy, Pete Davidson. These, the writers, we are seeing more writers leave mid season, which uh, makes me wonder what's going on. And, you know, we'll hear from them. I suit, I think Sudie Green, but I'm not sure, but yeah, Anna Dresden definitely left mid season. I think, um, uh, Andrew Castillo, uh, maybe Dan Licata. Yeah, more and more of the writers are leaving mid-season and we'll probably get those announcements later. Maybe more writers could get hired mid-season, even as guest writers, which would be an exciting new thing for them to do. So really, really, who knows? Because it's a behind-the-scenes thing that they'll um, they'll parcel out that information as, as they see fit. Yeah, like, uh, you know, I'm not too knowledgeable when it comes to, like, the writers leaving. The only writers I really kind of pay attention to are Sam Jay and, and uh, Rosebud Baker. Um, but that's because they just happen to both be like great standups that I enjoy. But you know, what about the other people? Like, I wonder, like, have they had the same water cooler guy for the past few years? You know, what about the HR? What about their HR rep? You know, like, I want we'll to know, like, you know, yeah. I'll send a message to SNLPR and ask them, <laughs> yeah, Like, you know, what about the person who's in re- human resources for NBC? You know, I want to know about these people. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I'll find out. Well, Casey, Casey, thank you for joining us on our final patient feedback show of 2022. I am so looking forward to having you back in 2023 and catching up with you on all things SNL once we hit the new year. So uh, thanks so much and happy holidays to you and your family great thank thank you john thank you tj happy holidays and and thank thank you especially for um giving me the chance to be on the same podcast podcast as uh as the great tj randolph that uh tick one of my i've got crossed a name off my list of people to podcast with before a podcast bucket list snl podcast bucket list hope hopefully someday we'll We'll meet again on a future episode of Rabbit Trail. Who knows? Again, like we'll, we'll see. Like Miss Kiki <laughs> said, you got to manifest these things if you really want. Hundred percent, Casey. Yeah, thanks so much, and uh, we'll chat soon, buddy. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Happy holidays, and see you next year.
All right, we got one more great patron who's coming in with us tonight. Very excited to get to talk to him. So, ladies and gentlemen, let me bring in my man, Brennan Keller. Brennan, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. Yes, very good. Uh, yeah, not nothing else to say. Cut my hand earlier today. My, oh, no, bottle, opener, my bottle opener that I got from Italy broke. So, oh, no. that was fun. Yeah. Oh gosh. Okay. Well, anyway. I, I hope you're, uh, I, you know, <laughs> despite the bloody hand, I hope you're yeah, good enough well, to to talk to us about Saturday Night Live. So, Brandon, let's get yeah. let's get your thoughts. It's been a while since we heard from you. I think you were back with us all the way, if I remember correctly, on the first patron feedback mm-hmm. show of this season. So it's been a while. So, what have been your overall fall thoughts? Um, like a good season. Like I don't have any complaints. I have very much enjoyed. Um, I very much enjoyed this season. I haven't had a lot of complaints outside of, uh, the musical guests. Maybe they haven't been my taste of music that much, but they've all been enjoyable enough. Um, the sketches have been good. Pre-tapes have been above average for sure. And uh weekend updates been great for sure. So good season. So yeah, and far. TJ Brennan is like the biggest music guy. He goes to every concert. Yep, hundred and seventy-five this year. So. I mean, I'm a pretty big music <laughs> guy myself too. But like, if you if you're gonna you know rag on some of these musical guests we've had this season, like we've had a lot of, we've had a lot of flavor here, Brendan. I don't yeah, know if I, I can necessarily rock with this take. You know what I'm I, saying? It's uh, uh, I mean, I saw seventy-five different shows this year, and probably 45 of them were good enough to be on SNL this year. So that's fair. That's fair. That is. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's a very subjective take. So I'm, yeah, I'm, well, I'm, I'm glad you had that. Yeah, yeah exactly. I was, yeah. Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm a chill. I'm a chill. My hands, <laughs> my hands are in my pockets right now, you know? And I, and I got uh, the stats from uh, the Reddit to prove it too, but no. That is true. If you don't know, Brennan is prolific on Reddit. So Brennan, I think tonight you want to present to us some Reddit, of the... John. Well, I, I'm saying to the <laughs> listeners, they're, they're interested in some of this stuff because some of them mm. don't use Reddit either. And they care what the Reddit people have to say. So it's another section of the community that we don't always get to hear from. So Brennan, I think you brought some material over tonight about thoughts on the first half Ooh. of the season from Reddit. I did. I very much Ooh, okay. did. Let me pull up. Let's see how many people. So 262,000 members from live from New York subreddit have uh, talked about this season so far. and. I will tell you that the top three cold opens so far this year. Um, what's your guess for number one? Oh, I would say the Miles Teller uh, Manicast, probably right. Yep, far and far and beyond the favorite by them for sure. Uh, number two and number three. Uh, so you think you won't snap? And then the most. Oh that, yeah, I like that one. And then the <laughs> uh, uh, the sing along Christmas one was number three for the cold okay. opens. Yep, uh, like the one from the one from Stephen Marty's episode. Uh, yeah, oh, okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. And for monologues, uh, number one, what do you think? Pretty, pretty simple, I think. But it's probably Chappelle. Ooh, no, it was for monologues. Uh, I think yeah. it's Stephen Marty. Yep, Stephen Marty for sure. Oh. Number two is very surprising, though. Uh, the Giga. Miles Teller. The Miles Teller. M- Miles Teller. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I couldn't believe it either. I looked it up, and the stand-ups are tied at number three Chappelle and Schumer have the exact same score 
CCJ, no Gleason. Exact same score. Yep. That, oh, don't get me started on that Gleason. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to send me into a, like a Hulk rage. No, no, let's not do this again. <laughs> and then uh, sketches. Um, so uh, Cecily's goodbyes rated number one. So I did that's, that's include. That's bias probably though. I know. I, I did include three actual sketches so the number one sketch what do you think is the number wait one do you want to give us give us uh give like let us guess i think it's more fun so yeah absolutely the, next, the top three sketches voted by reddit yep okay uh let me guess so uh, two are hold on two are from the same episode i'll say that oh uh, is that episode uh, so live sketches yes yes but they're yeah so two of the okay. top three are from Chappelle. yes mm. okay so i'm gonna guess potato holes on there Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna guess what? Black Heaven is the. Oh, I'm gonna Black Black Heaven's the other one. Yes, and then both of those are two and three. Two and three. Really? And then number one yeah. live sketch of the season mm-hmm. is it? Is it Hello Kitty? Uh, it's pretty high up there. Let me guess. Okay, is it from a more recent episode? Is it from this last no. round? No, first half oh, okay, of the season. Okay, okay. So I was gonna I don't say, know. you're gonna say if you say Marzipan, John. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So no, no. I was gonna say so. For, uh, this is an interesting guess from Fred in the chat. Fred says the classroom sketch from the Megan Thee Stallion episode. Is it that one? No, no. I, I did okay. like that one. Right. Amy, that's a good one. Is it the booty sketch? The for Megan Thee Stallion? <laughs> oh no, no. That is no, uh, no, one of no, the lower. Oh wait, no, no. Is it David S. Pumpkins? No. Oh, okay. Okay. What, what is it, Brandon? Yeah, it's yeah, the AA it? meeting. So you're pretty close oh, with yeah. uh, oh, David S. Pumpkins, but yeah, the number one rated uh, sketch this year is the uh, the AA meeting, the Pixar uh, Pixar suitcases. Um, oh my sketch with uh, I hate Jack all Harlow. Tapes. I hate all these <laughs> so much. Well, TJ, that's why you're not on Reddit. But okay, so then we got pre tapes <laughs> up next, Brandon. Yeah, pre tapes are up next. Uh, what do we think is number one? Oh, um, they're pretty. They're pretty close. One and two are pretty close, uh, and three all within a hundred Ke- votes. Is Keenan? A, no, Keenan Kelly's too niche. I think it's not to really me. It has to be Christmas Epiphany, and the uh, Scrooge ones have to be in the top three. Those last two weeks. I'm going to say neither of them are. Neither of them are. No, they're up there though. Uh, big boys. Nope. Okay. What about? Uh, uh, give me the COVID pre-tape. It's up there. It's number four. Oh, okay. Wow. Uh, Keenan and Kelly. That's number two. You were right. Oh, okay, all right. Not all right. not niche right. enough. No, it was a good okay, one. Give me this, the, is a fun, this is a fun game. I'm enjoying. Yeah, this. yeah. Give, me the, give me the episodes oh. from the so, other two that are there. Yeah, the other two. Yeah, let's get them. Uh, Brendan Gleeson and Megan the- Stallion. Okay, so from <laughs> we, Brendan. It's, it's not, oh, hold we on. Got brought, is it? We got brought. Yeah, this number three. Surprising. That's a surprising. awful take. It's not that good of a sketch. That was uh, the number one rated sketch. Number one rated brought. thing from the entirety of that episode. We got brought. Oh, I mean, I can... <laughs> no, no, because Debbie Hole and Stacey Bussy are part of that episode. So yeah, I they're part of that episode. That. Yeah. They're the fourth highest will... thing on that episode. The fourth... Okay, so- so the other one is from the other one is from the Brennan Gleason episode. Is it the new yeah. cast advice with um That with is Molly? number one. That is oh, number one. one. That, oh that, that's a pretty funny yeah. one. I always forget yep. that's a part of that episode. Too mad about it. Some of the pre tapes gotta have gotten really yeah. good since the beginning of the season. So I feel like yeah. Yeah. yeah, but uh yeah, that category I would say is as big of a travesty as I've seen. Yeah. I, I'd say if I if um I looked up both sketches and pre tapes together, I think seven of the top ten are pre tapes. At least. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Are there right. other categories? Yeah, musical yeah. guest and um, weekend update features. So, 
I'm going to say Brandi Carlisle is the top. She's number one. And for number two and number three, we're a tie. So Steve Lacey? No. No. Hold on. The musical guests were... um, Oh, Kendrick Lamar is probably up there. Yep, he was number four. Yeah, yeah, people up four. Number four. The fact that it's two and three is a tie. Two and three is a tie. There were like seven black musical guests. (laughs) This is so Uh, disrespectful. What about Black Star? No. No. No No way. Uh, Would it be SZA? It was Lizzo and Megan Thee Stallion tied for second. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. By the way, I do, for me, Randy Carlisle probably would also be. My top, but it, mm-hmm. that is no. Actually, it might be Kendrick first, and then Brandy Carlisle. But yeah, Brandy, Brandy was my number one. Yeah, Brandy's not my yeah. style of music in any way, shape, or form. But She's her live performance, wonderful her show, performance, absolutely. Yes, her performance is incredible. Like mm-hmm. I like her performances break past my like genre bias. I think she's yeah. great. Okay, and then last one is update features. Uh, yeah, features. Mm-hmm. So for me, number one is what Sarah did a couple weeks ago. Oh. Uh, um, yeah, the, the, the Peppa uh, Pig. Yeah, the Peppa Pig one. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. That was number five or six. I can't remember what number it was exactly. Oh my gosh, Reddit. What about uh the Sarah News? Sarah News. That was number five or six. Yeah, really. Both okay. of those were right neck, neck and neck. Uh, Stacy Bussy. Uh, right neck and neck up there. So, too. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna guess. Well, what just, based, based on the way things are going here, I'm gonna guess that they chose a lot of the newbies doing their solo like introduction update pieces. So like, yeah, Longfellow. number two, number two. Yeah. Is a Mar- is a new Marcelo? Guy. No, no Longfellow. Mike, I think it was Longfellow's debut, number two on okay. the year. What? And then what about did uh, is Tammy the trucker up there? No, no. You're missing right, so something the, so you gotta, you gotta obvious. You're missing like something so so obvious. It is not a stand up. No, it's so obvious. Well, give me give me the episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my. We're, I mean, oh, it's drunk uncle. Oh, yeah. oh my god, yeah, 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 that was dumb. Oh, yeah. no, that took me a minute, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. drunk uncle. Yeah. I wasn't You're thinking right. about yeah, like, that, yeah, I forgot, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then so, number yeah, okay. three was, um, it was Kathy Ann, so got what? it, okay, yes, drunk uncle. Yeah. Obviously, uh, sense. I mean, the emotion yeah. of Kathy Ann at the end, yeah, that, that one movie, mm-hmm. but it wasn't good. Enough. I just, I just don't like Kathy Ann that much, yes, okay, so that makes sense, but like, let's be real, drunk uncle, you know, number one, hits by far. Hits everything across the board. Then it has yep. to be Sarah stuff. Like that's the right answer here. Yeah. Yep. Mm, but, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna say that. No, that Stacy Hole and Debbie Bussy thing. <laughs> that you have like me a, up. Yeah. Uh, what yeah. a Heidi bias, John. That I've been very yeah. transparent about for two years on your podcast. Sorry, yeah. a year and a half. <laughs> sorry, Brian. I mean, like I'm, that, I'm it was good, but like Sarah stuff me. was fantastic. But very interesting. You no, know, you're right. Okay. The Sarah stuff was great. Like it's. To be honest, the Sarah Peppa thing is would be number two, and then the Stacy Hole would be number three for me. Sarah News number four. Yeah, those were great. Yeah, like, like I said, I, I I love the weekend update features this year so far. Oh, they've, they've been, been great, awesome, awesome. Yeah, we I, got I, two I, great Heidi pieces. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Man. Oh no, I was gonna say the only thing I have to include is I have some incredible hot takes here for my favorite sketch, which is um the finance bros from episode one. Oh, that's still, a funny one though. Still yeah, number one on the one. year for me, and then also my favorite cold open of the year was the uh, Herschel Walker Georgia runoff one. So. Okay, that's, that's right. just a, that's a hot take there. So, all there right, well, go. Brandon, we got one more question from a from our list for this week that we have to tackle before we head out tonight. So this Wonderful. one comes in from from Jeremy, who says, "Which underrated cast member will become a star in the second half of the season?" So, give me one underrated cast member who we're going to be sitting here in May, being like, "Wow, they came out of nowhere." 
I gotta think of the term, whether it being it be underused or under. It's underrated. Like when we're not underrated. talking about enough, that's gonna be a star. Yeah, TJ, you, if you have something too, you can throw it out there. My I like, I'd like to hear TJ first. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm. I might be wrong in this. My immediate thought goes to Marcelo. I feel mm-hmm. like he's been slowly. He's already had two update pieces. He just had a cup for time sketch, and we're not talking about him yet. But he has probably already done more screens on than Aristotle. That hurt to say, um, <laughs> <laughs> but like, um, if 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 he keeps it up. And you know he sh- and he's uh, he's gotten in with the PDD guys once or twice mm-hmm. now, right? He's uh, he was in Plurts, right? And um, oh yeah, yeah, that was funny. Was oh, was yeah. he in Chelsea or was that no? That was Che. But uh, you know, I'm I'm, one, I'm wondering if Marcelo might be. Oh, Marcelo, to, I was yeah. gonna say Dismukes, but Dismukes is we talk we talk about him a good bit, but like yeah. Marcelo, he might. I don't. I, this, the difference, the reason I'm saying him and not Longfellow is Longfellow doesn't feel like he has a POV yet. It feels like another white boy to me. Mar- I, maybe I need to I need to see more from Marcelo, but he 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 might have it. Uh, he, he might get the underrated. He might get my under my underdog of the year mm-hmm. uh, so far. What do you think, Brennan? No, I was going to say like Marcelo. His mm. cut for time this week was I thought really funny, really interesting. I mean, I, yeah, I agree. I'm, I I I don't remember if you guys mentioned this earlier in the uh, in the in the show, but it was um it was literally just. Um, seemed like an I think you should leave sketch, and I really like that. I think it's oh, that's interesting. Take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can, he, I can he see sounded that. like he he did a um he did his best Tim Robinson, and I I know Marcelo wasn't directly doing it, but that's yeah, the first yeah. thing I thought of. Just the where his um just like just the voice that came off, and I was like, yeah, this is hilarious, and it worked it worked really well for me. But um, like with like you're saying, Michael Longfellow is. Like the, the plays the straight guy really well, and the sketches he's had, like the Chappelle um, barbershop one, or mm. the Brendan Gleeson one where um, he's in the photo shoot, uh, he plays these characters really well. I think he plays that boring background character that sometimes is the main joke. And sometimes is like the secondary joke. And I think it works really well for him. And I, I think I've mentioned this before on um, last time I was on the Patreon feedback, but like I, I met Michael Longfellow when I worked at the house of comedy and he was like a really down to earth, really cool guy. And so it's really cool to see him on SNL. And I think like he, he's my pick going forward. He could just sit on the show for four or five years. He might not be the most liked or like the most enjoyable, but he's going to sit on this show as long as he thinks he needs to to like continue to become a, a name i think because he has that spot and he has the look and the idea of like he can fit into a lot of sketches just as michael longfellow as the secondary or this primary joke and it's going to work really well for him in the long run i think brennan i'm, I'm having a tough time with that because when I think about like some of the other like white boys on the show, like mm-hmm. uh, JJ or Dismukes yep. or uh, even Beck, yeah. Beck could play dumb or he could play the dad really well. Dismukes has this versatility and this weirdness to them that I think is really strong in his own and his dynamic. And JJ, mm-hmm. while I just talked about JJ not feeling like he could go into aggressive, I feel yeah. like JJ still has roles he can play in very well. 
And the thing with Michael that I just need more time to see. And by the way, I'm not as harsh on like Michael as I was on JJ when he came out. Like yeah. I, I definitely am not in that same place. The issue I'm having is playing like, you know, the normal white guy is something I've seen since I've been watching television. But no, as, not, soon as, as soon as you yeah. said that, I, I totally mm-hmm. understood exactly what you're saying. Yeah. It is, I need him to carve out more. Yeah. yeah like I, he, I, in, the barbershop, in the barbershop sketch, he was great. Mm-hmm. Like I loved what he did there, but I don't want to see him do that for seven years because no, no, no. There's yeah. plenty of white boys out here doing pretty other cool, dope things. And I'm sorry, he needs to step up to the plate and be doing more. His stand-up pieces are good. Like he's playing mm-hmm. sad white boy. Maybe he <laughs> can play in that mental health space or something. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe he can go dark, but I don't need him to just be normal. That's I. I I can't get with just normal because he's talented and he's funny. Yep. So I just want to see him, you know, expand and, and go even further. You get, you get what I mean? Yep. I, I'm, I was just about to say, mm-hmm. as soon as you said that, I think Dismukes has a specific look to him. JJ has a specific look to him. Mm-hmm. Michael Longfellow is either going to be like here. So I, I see Michael Longfellow as the character that the host can't pull off. So they're going to put him in that role where he's going to be the character that say, um, oh, we don't have a white host this week. We don't have like a white dude host this week. Oh, just put um, Michael Longfellow in that role because he's going to be the person (laughs) that the the outsider that's going to fit in for that role he's not gonna he doesn't have that look that sketch comedy look he has this look of like if michael longfellow was super duper famous and he hosted an episode he would have those exact same characters don't you think oh shit, that's a good point i know <laughs> i do i got Let's, you no yes. no it's it no you're not you didn't get me i'm <laughs> no. I, you're, you're, I hear your take, and it's interesting because you're you're allowing me to think about it in an additional dimension to it. But mm-hmm. the problem is, it all sits, still fits in the realm of boring white boy. Yeah, and I, I know just think we need time, TJ. That's all it is, that. man. Like huh? we just need, we yeah. just need. I, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think, I think I just get, need time. Yeah, let's give these guys the grace to just like figure we'll out. We'll see the end of know, like. No, no, and I know he has more room to do that. You know, I want to see more. Let me just say, like my final thoughts on this, which is that a year ago at this time, we were freaking out about Sarah Sherman. Like it just, we were like, uh, it doesn't look good for her at this point. And then she completely turned it around and had yeah, a six second half. It's been like 2022 has been amazing for her. So like, I have a feeling like at least one or two of the rookies will like step up in a way that's really going to elevate them. And we're going to be coming into 49 being like, oh, wow, like they're going to be a star of the show the way that Sarah sort of is on that trajectory right now. So mm-hmm. I think whether it's Marcelo or Devin or Michael or maybe even Molly, you know, yeah. we haven't seen enough of them, so we'll see what happens. But, you know, I think it's going to be n- now like, you know, like the way that we came into the season being very hopeful. I'm very hopeful for what we're going to get coming up. So um, looking forward to that. And Brennan, I just want to thank you for your takes tonight, bringing the stuff from Reddit. Mm-hmm. Always appreciate yeah, that was awesome, man. I love that. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah, always appreciate getting to hear from you. So I just want to wish you a very happy holidays to you and your family and hope you have uh, a great new year and we'll talk in 2023. I will see you then. End of the year. (laughs) Absolutely. Have a good one, buddy. Yep. I just got to say, like, if I'm being honest, man, the one I'm not worried about, I'm not worried about Michael Longfellow. He's going to be great. I'm not even worried about Molly. Molly, they're they're going to be able to see if they can fit in with that uh, PDD gang. 
with uh, with them and, and Sarah, they're going to be just fine. I'm worried about the new brother on the show, John. Devin, what's happening, man? Like, what's yeah, going I'm, on? I'm not worried about Devin. Let me let me tell you something. If you go yeah. and you watch SNL has been putting up like these great like behind the scenes stuff, and they did on their YouTube channel, they put up a behind the scenes making of Keenan and Kelly, mm-hmm. and they show a clip from the table read of Devin reading as Kel Mitchell. Mm. Go watch that, TJ. TJ. It's gonna make you okay, feel better yeah. because that, watch yeah. it because he. I need. I need. He, I, I need some. I need him to. Like I know he has it. Like, but just on, watch Devin. it. As soon as I watch this, I, yeah. I felt better. And like Devin, if you're listening, like this is like when I knew because I saw him reading and doing the voice as Cal, like at the table, and mm-hmm. you can see Lauren cracking up. The whole room oh, just like laughed good. and stuff. I think he has he has it. So no, no, no. I know he has yeah. it. Like I actually I haven't said this on the podcast yet, but like I got a chance to meet him for like a second, um, like at a like a show during the New York Comedy Festival, and cool. like really nice guy, very funny loved his delivery and so i'm like i know he has it like i'm like this guy's a star i i'm like i don't want him to get aristotle man i've already been through trauma one year no he's not i don't think like i don't think you have to worry about that but Mm -hmm. yeah i mean like like i said so many storylines so many cast members to talk about i really feel with a group of 16 people we can really dive into each cast member in a way that we couldn't with like 21 or 22 people it really feels Mm -hmm. like the focus will be you know on it much more this uh this coming like into new year so i'm excited for our coverage where i think we're going to be even better getting to talk about all these cast members so yeah I'm, i'm looking forward to what's coming up here the saturday night network obviously just wrapped up an incredible week of coverage and our bobby interview it's been a crazy december as we've gone through everything and then we have one more podcast in 2022 where next monday night tj will be back with me and so will nicole and rebecca and haynes and haskell and phil and sammy is a huge crew as we draft the ultimate episode of snl of all time it's extremely ambitious idea that i think we crushed and i'm I'm just really excited for you to all to hear it so if you're just hanging out uh, over the holidays looking for something fun to listen to snl wise i think you'll enjoy that so join us monday night at 8 p.m for the live stream of that show and then we'll be back at the beginning of the new year for the best of 2022 but uh tj it's been so much fun hanging out with you tonight just you know shooting it and just talking about snl so (laughs) appreciate you No, man, I, I appreciate you having me as always. Um, you want me to go for plugs now? Of course. Plug away. Uh, you know, uh, if you've enjoyed getting a listen to my voice, I have a 15-ish minute podcast called Rabbit Trail. That's R-A-B-I-D. That's the way that it's uh, spelled. Um, you know, wonderful people from the SNL network have been on it. John was most recently on it to talk about the chaos of Twitter uh, with Elon Musk going on. He was on a few weeks ago. Uh, Rebecca North has been on and somehow has crushed, has become one of my top five episodes, um, like in terms of listenership, we did on Bo Burnham. Uh, we recently did an episode on anime tropes and taboos. We just released one on gift giving and next week we're going to be doing one on video game soundtracks. Um, really enjoy podcasting, really enjoy getting to be on this program. Uh, John, it's, it's a lot of fun, you know, uh, it's definitely, you know, giving me vigor, uh, in my own podcasting. Um, so I'm always, you know, just as we go into the new year, just always want to say thanks and thanks to the listener the, that, you know, they're always very kind. And, um, I really enjoy this, uh, community, um, that uh, I get a chance to be a part of. And, uh, as the most entertaining and the cutest one, um, you know, I'm, I'm very glad, sorry, as the second most entertaining 
one because there's Amanda Mitchell and then and then there's me. Like I know where my like oh, Amanda, Sean, and then me. Like that's that's in terms of entertainment, that's where it is. Um, but no, if you'd like to check out my podcast, you can find us anywhere that you um get podcasts. Uh you can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at We Are Rabbit Trail. Again, that's R-A-B-I-D. And you can find me, TJ, at King Compliment on Instagram and TikTok. Awesome, TJ. Obviously, follow us as well. Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram at the SNL Network. You can subscribe to the podcast on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Don't forget to leave a review. And subscriptions really help people find the show. So I appreciate that. And of course, if you would like to support the Saturday Night Network and enjoyed what you got to hear from our patrons tonight and want to be a part of this, patreon.com slash the SNL Network. Always happy to get to communicate with our patrons and have them as a part of our community. So for TJ Randolph and myself, John Schneider, from the Saturday Night Network, I want to wish everybody a very happy holidays and Merry Christmas. We will see you next time. Have a good one. Bye.